We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Finish last week at the Canadian Open. Colin is a confident young player that can score in bunches. He's familiar with Poa Greens. I, I just think the ownership's going to be absolutely nothing. The upside on this kid is amazing. Um, I think he's got top 10 potential. I really do. Every now and then at the U.S. Open, we see people like this come out of nowhere and play well. And I think Colin has the potential to do that. So he's a flyer for me. You know, you get to pick seven guys, and one one you're going to throw away. I like the studs and duds strategy on fantasy draft. I say that every week, but it's true. I just do. Give me a DJ at the top. Give me a Colin Morikawa at the bottom. Fill out the rest. Win the tour card. You're welcome. Thanks for watching. Make your screen be green. See ya! Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, I am Britt Devine uh, here with Grant, representing all DFS players out there by working in a basement with no real lighting. Uh, Grant, we're going to give you a round of applause uh, for staying on brand for DFS players. What's going on? I mean, it's a nice basement. It's like 800 square feet. It has a full functioning bar. Same bridge. Like, it's a legitimate bar. I think it was meant to be kind of a man cave. And then now I'm living here. Grant, we were trying, I was trying to talk you up as like the on-brand DFS player, right? You've got your your pee bottle on one side. You've got your, you know, piles of fast food on the other side. I'm sure you have all these things. Other, You know, like that's what we expect out of our DFS players, not in some nice basement. I got some blue solo cups because they were cheaper than red. <laughs> they I are have, like a buck cheaper in the store. I have American flag plates. This this is what we, this is what we expect out of the DFS player, and specifically Grant. Uh, you just you okay. just have a smorgasbord uh, of all kinds of things in a basement with no windows. I'm so, there's no running water, no lights. Uh, that, that's what we expect. Grant. Well, I do have running waters. I did have to fix the shower because I'm a handyman and whatnot, and I fudged it up. Uh, what's going on, everybody? So uh, we're here on the Yahoo Show today. We're going to talk Yahoo. In a minute, we got, you know, me and Grant, we're just having some back and forth. It's an interesting slate, I think, uh, specifically on, on Yahoo, because you could kind of do whatever you want today, and you don't have to spend up on Verlander. You you can, um, but maybe his matchup's not the best in the world today, but it's a really interesting slate, and we're going to get into it for you in a second. But first, uh, I want to tell you guys, if you're over on the YouTubes and you like us over there, you like watching us on YouTubes, you like putting the QQs into chat and you like Devin talking to you over there, we're over in the Roto-Grinders chat talking. But if you're on YouTube, click the like, click the subscribe. If you want to get uh, notified all the time, click the little bell. Whenever we're live, you'll get a little notification on it, and it lets us know, hey, YouTube, we appreciate watching Roto-Grinders over there. So make sure you guys kind of do that over there. Uh, All right, let's get into the slate. We're kind of getting all kinds of news uh, on openers and and things like that. But let's kind of jump into Yahoo today. Because at the top, we have Justin Verlander, Grant, and he's 59 bucks. And normally, when Justin Verlander is $59, you just kind of smash that and you don't really worry too much about it. A, a lot of strikeout potential. You pull up plate IQ, uh, a, a lot of really good numbers, a, a huge strikeout percentage. Uh, Woba, minuscule to both sides of the plate. The only problem is he's facing Milwaukee. And Milwaukee can strike out a little bit, uh, but if they get a hold of the ball, are the you know there's a lot of red on for for a guy who's an ace pitcher there is a lot of red in his plate IQ on both sides you know if he's not striking you out he's giving up some hard contact that's going to be in the air and while I don't think I'm too worried specifically in today's baseball of giving up a, a solo home run or two you know it's not the normal Verlander's pitching put him in no matter what uh, type of slate I, I think you can use them specifically in cash games but. Uh, I guess I'm not in love with the, the the highest price pitcher of the slate, which is a little different than normal. I I can entirely disagree with you. Yes, there's Yelich who is a worry. There's Mustakis who's a worry. Grandall is a little bit of a worry. Thames is a little bit of a worry. But the strikeout rate it's near 40 percent to lefties compared to righties. There's going to be six, seven lefties in this lineup here, 
his upside just went through the roof here. And it's not like some other pitchers where, yes, they have a higher strikeout rate to lefties, but they also have a higher walk rate. Verlander's just sitting at 4.5% walk rate. Over on Yahoo, it's more important to get a pitcher that can go later into the games because inning pitch uh, in comparison to everything else are worth more over there, a full point per out compared to over on DK where it's 0.75. And strikeouts are basically the same. It's hits, walks can do some damage, but earned runs are less important. Verlander's still sitting at a 182 or 189 ice or WOBA versus lefties so far this season. If Yelich was in the lineup, you would have zero worry about this. Like zero worry at all. 30% K rates. Shaw's not great. Thane strikes out a 35% clip to righties, and it's going to be way worse going up against Verlander. I started off last night doing research and not thinking that Verlander, it was an absolute necessity. In catch, 100%, you have to go with him, or else you're making some real poor decisions. And in tournaments, I might be leaning over on Yahoo uh, close to 100% of him because there's a $28, $29 pitcher that I think I can easily get in. And a lot of the lineups, a lot of the stacks, a lot of the big bats, you can get in with both Verlander and Barrios or Soroka or Mm -hmm. Woodruff or Eflin, pretty much anyone. Um, yeah, if Verlander, if there was a site, I think you can use him on FanDuel. I think he's in play on, on Yahoo pretty easily. Uh, DraftKings probably not so much. Uh, you, I like some of the bigger bats over there, and I, I like the cheaper pitching. But I think you can kind of start him off here. Uh, if you wanted to swerve, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But I, I think having him in there today, even in a tough matchup, probably the right move. There are some cheaper guys we're going to talk about here in a second uh, that I do like just as much, if not more, point per dollar. Um, but I think we're going to, for the people, at least on Yahoo, I think Verlander is is probably the play. Uh, if you pull up the bat, you know, there's like a, a point or two difference in the optimal lineup if you don't use a guy like Verlander. Um, so we're going to throw him in here for the people. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, let's go to the next tier, which is guys like Soroka, who, you know, is a good real-life pitcher, not as many strikeouts as you want, I think, in fantasy, going up against a team that doesn't necessarily strike out a ton. Maybe he's a little overpriced. Uh, you talked pre-show about Berrios, who's uh, another reasonably good pitcher, but not the best matchup in the world. Uh, there are some strikeouts there. Uh, what would you kind of do between these next two pitchers if you had to pick one? Uh, it's Berrios, and it's not close to me. Yes, Pittsburgh's not the really most intimidating uh opponent in the world here but Barrios is going up against Seattle who I love them they are regressing hugely in terms of home run variants that they started at the beginning of the season just absolutely crushing things Barrios a decent 22.9% K rate so far this year kind of the same to both lefties and righties he has a pretty mean curve uh, that gets him out of a lot of stuff but he also has a decent change up here so I'm not really worried about too much from the left or right side of the plate yes he gives up some more hard contact fly balls to the lefties and there's Vogelbach, Smith, Seeger, Navarez, Gordon, ah, Long's not good. But there are some lefties that can put the ball in play and some of them that can hit the ball at the ballpark here. But the K rates all the way up and down this lineup are not anything that, like, you want in a lineup. Near 30% with Malik Smith, near 30% with Santana, Williamson. Gordon's a low strikeout guy, but not really a good hitter. Long's not a good hitter at all. There is some upside here, and the main thing we want is – a guy that can go later into the game and get some strikeouts. We have both of that with here with Barrios because he's not going to walk many guys. He's going to go later into the game. And this is a huge strikeout plus matchup here. It's being played over in Minnesota, which is an all right hitters ballpark, but the weather there is not great. 66 degrees, not very humid, a super low dew point. The ball's not going to be traveling too far. 
I don't actually see a uh, yeah, I don't see a total for this game right now. I don't know why. It's uh, when I looked, it's like nine, nine and a half, and almost like minus two hundred Minnesota, if not a little higher. Yeah, so Barrios to me is the clear SP two in both tournaments and in cash uh, for me over on Yahoo. If I can fit him in tournaments, I will with him and Verlander. If I can't fit him, then I'll just go down. All right, I'll put him in for the moment as SP two. What's your thoughts on Soroka? I'll bring up his plate IQ, um, and you guys can see the the premium version. If you're not premium members, and you want all the the fancy uh, you know, color coding uh, along with everything else here. Uh, you can kind of upgrade to that, but come on, let's go. Uh, um, Soroka, he's like a fine real life pitcher. This is not a terrible matchup, not a huge strikeout matchup, but not something you have to worry about. For me, he's a full on fade over on DraftKings, over on FanDuel. I don't see any real reason to go with him. Just a mediocre strikeout pitcher that is not going to give up a whole lot of damage. It's a different story on Yahoo because it is more important to go later into the game. He's another guy that doesn't strike out or doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. So he has a chance to go all the way deep into the game. He's going to be let – they'll let him go to 100 pitches most times, which is less than Verlander or Barrios here. But he has the upside. He's going to still draw a decent amount of ownership, I think. I don't think nearly as many people are going to go with Barrios as they are with Soroka just because they have the money to pay up for him. I'm fine with him. I prefer Barrios, but he's an all right play today over on Yahoo. Yeah, I think Soroka, the one, the one thing that concerns me is we need strikeouts, and a 22% K rate is fine, but it's it's nothing amazing. And when the Pirates just don't strike out a lot, we'll have to see when their actual lineup comes in, if the numbers change anything. It's just not enough strikeouts to give him enough upside. So he has to be, you know, he has been a very good real-life pitcher you know, for most of his games this season. And I expect him to be a very good real-life pitcher uh, yet again today. But the, the strikeouts, I think, just probably take a, a little bit of a dip today. And uh, I got I got to have my strikeouts in most of the pitchers that I'm looking at. Unless they're, they're super cheap, which kind of brings me into a couple of other guys here. We'll skip over Woodruff for a second, and we'll go back to him. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Miles Mikolas, who if, you know, if you're ex-pitcher against the Marlins – you're going to be on my radar. And if you're X pitcher and you're cheap and you're going against the Marlins, you're definitely going to be on my radar. And if you're X pitcher and you're cheap and you're underpriced, you're certainly going to be on my radar. So while Mikolas, we've seen this basically since he's come over to Major League Baseball, not a huge strikeout pitcher, but you've already mentioned, right, the ability to go deep, the ability to get easy outs via ground balls, those are all in play for him here, along with getting, you know, four to five strikeouts as well. And He's definitely underpriced. Uh, I think he's pretty pretty interesting. Basically, anywhere you look at around the industry today. Yeah, no, and he's definitely a better. He's a great play on pretty much every single site here. The guy is actually a good real life pitcher. He throws a bunch of strikes. Does not walk a lot of guys. Walks even less guys from the right side of the plate and strikes out guys a bit more. Has not been great to lefties this year. And we only have uh, Granderson. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and the rest of the guys like are just not good hitters. He's going to be throwing strikes all day. He has just slightly under a uh, average K rate against righties, um, but he's going to be able to go later in the game. I would not be surprised here with a complete game shutout going up against Miami here over on Yahoo. Like I said, it's more important to go deeper into games. I think 30 points from him is fairly realistic here. I mean, you look at his game log so far this year over on Yahoo, and he had played against uh, Philly not too long ago, I think last month. 
and he put up 32 points there, and he only had five strikeouts. So that's reasonable to see again. He's not going to walk a single guy all likelihood in this entire game, so he's entirely up to just Babbitt, which when you're relying on Babbitt, you want a team that's trash all the way up and down in a good hit or pitcher stadium here. I love Mikolas. I am going to go – it's Verlander, it's Berrios, it's Mikolas, and then it's – sad to say over on Yahoo, there's one other guy that we'll get to mm-hmm. later that I, I'm probably going all in on. You can't see my screen. I don't think you're watching it. But I drew fancy circles all over it. Um, and, I, you know, what I was basically highlighting is the ground ball, you know, Mikolas, a ground ball pitcher against the team that just hits everything into the dirt. It's just the, the perfect matchup for him to be able to – have one of his ceiling performances, go a little bit deeper into a game, maybe get a couple of strikeouts, limit damage. If the ground balls find their way through the holes, right? Maybe the Babbitt gets a hold of us, like you said, but hopefully the defense behind him is good enough uh, to kind of make it all work here. So Dean's talking about how he took bowling in college. That's a preface to say, I'm good at bowling. And he aced it. It's a pass-fail class, Dean. <laughs> I'm not, uh, if Dean's in chat, uh not really listening to sorry dean on there about your bowling bowling skills <laughs> yahoo dfs there, there's things that are more important than your bowling college skills how does how does that even come up by the way i don't know they're talking about rg bowling out i don't know i just looked over and there's a whole lot of stuff here oh god oh, i'm not so all right so an rg bowling outing that makes sense right that, that yeah trying to mix it in there i'm horrible at bowling i just chuck it straight down the middle as hard as i can whatever happens happens i'm i'm all right i I throw it really hard, and that's that's basically it. If it's turning, then I'm great. If it's not turning, then I'm going to end up just in terrible shape. Uh, let's talk about a couple other pitchers here. Uh, we've got Lucchese, who can be limited by pitch count uh, every now and then, but I believe he's gotten close to 100 in his, you know, two of his last threes hit 95, which, hey, that sounds pretty good. You pair that going into San Francisco, so you get uh, the best pitchers park in all of baseball. You get to pitch against the San Francisco team, who just is horrific against lefties uh, so far this season. You can just see uh, the Wobos really down. Not a ton of strikeouts, which is always a little concerning. But w- what are we doing with Lucchese? You know, his strikeout percentage uh, a little bit higher than guys like Soroka we talked about. The team he's going up against doesn't strike out as much. But I think he's good if if he can get 95 to 100 pitches, which is is probably good. Uh, you know, any lefty, he's basically going to dominate. Not a single red statistic this year against lefties in plate IQ. It's very tough to find a pitcher with, you know, against any side of the plate. that's basically phenomenal. And he's that against lefties. You're, you'll probably only see one, maybe two in here. But even against righties, uh, he's doing pretty good. Uh, I think he's in more, more of a tournament play. Um, you know, just like Miami, if you're a pitcher against Miami, if you're a pitcher against San Francisco, you're going to get my attention. I honestly think he's going to be more of a cash game play over on Yahoo, which I think is a mistake. He's not going to go late into the game. A lot of these San Francisco giant bats just don't strike out a huge K rate. You look all the way and down the lineup here and 16% projected strikeout rate for the lineup with Austin in there with his ridiculously high rate, which is down for some regression here. And Belt, who is still a decent hitter even going up against lefties it's a good ballpark the sharp money right now is on the under here uh but they're a little bit more on the giant side than they are the padres side i'm completely fine with lucchese i expect him to be decently high owned i'm not touching him over on yahoo and i'm probably not going with him over on dk i'd rather go up at barrios on both 
Uh, I, to me, he's just in the better upside matchup. He's in the same amount of safety matchup outside of the stadium. I think that Barrios is just way better of a play here. I'm not touching Lucchese, I don't think, at all day. And if it burns me, chances are he's not going to go with a complete game shutout. He's not going to get a 45-point outing here that's going to absolutely destroy me. In all likelihood, Verlander, Barrios, and the other guys I'm going to be using are going to be within range where even if Lucchese uh, crushes, he's not going to kill me. Uh, what's your cheap pitcher? You've been teasing us. Uh, give it to us, Grant. It's I, If you listen to Morning Grind last night, this guy wasn't my guy, but he is now, um, at least over on Yahoo, where I want to save some money so I can get up to Verlander. It's it's Sean Anderson. He's $29 over here, and he gets a matchup versus uh, the Padres. And he's not a good pitcher. He's not a high strikeout pitcher. But he's going against these Padres. That the big problem is their power. I mean, Tatis, Machado, Reyes all can hit the ball out of the park pretty darn well. But the strikeouts are just everywhere versus righties. And with the ballpark, it's a lot colder today than it was yesterday. It's a bump down for hitters. With this huge strikeout matchup, I, I think that Anderson realistically can get seven innings, four hits, six strikeouts here. Uh, he doesn't walk too many guys, walks righties a little bit more than lefties, but he has enough control, and none of these none of these bats walk that much versus righties. 6.9% walk projected walk rate in this lineup here. Myers and Machado, the only two that aren't just free-swinging guys here. Anderson is the guy that if I can't fit Miklos or if I can't fit Berrios in my lineup, then he's just going to be an automatic play. There's no reason to play Duffy or play Norris or Kelly or Yamamoto, Hess, Jackson, Keller is the other guy that you can play, but the Vegas implied total scared me away way too much and run suppression is more important over on Yahoo. So it's Anderson and it's just that simple. If you really want to go down to Keller, that's fine, but there's a whole lot of problems that could happen there against a very good Atlanta team. Yeah, I just don't know if Anderson, he certainly has a little bit more strikeout ability than the 13% right so far this year. I guess I said something that notified uh, my uh, my Siri phone to start talking to me, but I fixed care of that. Uh, I just don't know if Anderson has as many strikeouts as you possibly think he has. Uh, I don't mind Keller. Uh, I know he has strikeouts. I know there's a lot of risk-reward there, too. Um, but Let me Keller, ask you this. How much yeah. worse at striking out pitchers or players are is Anderson compared to Miklos? They're pretty similar. I would. I know me. Yeah. Is What's good the though. strikeout numbers for the Padres versus righties compared to Miami? Versus- I, I know. I know where you're going with it, right? Like I, I understand your perspective. I'm not going to say no to it. I think I'd rather. Um, I know Keller has a bunch of strikeout upside, and I'll, I'll, I think I would embrace the variance of that in a large field tournament. Like, let's say you got in the rake free tournament that post earlier in the day, right? I think it's like three bucks, $6,000 tournament or something. I want to embrace the strikeout upside of a guy like Keller because that's what's going to lead me to the top of leaderboards, not Anderson getting through a good game with like, yeah, I don't know, 20 Yahoo points. Although 20 Yahoo for 29 isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, I just think I'd rather... That's a fantastic deal. Yeah, I I, I understand that. I just think I'd rather take the upside on a guy like Keller if I was playing a tournament today there's just as much upside with anderson in all reality when you consider the ballpark and the matchup uh i got one more pitcher that i think is going to be more popular on DraftKings than yahoo and that's danny duffy the numbers don't look 
amazing, but there are enough strikeouts in this Detroit lineup. So we've got one, two, three, four, five players this season against lefties in the deep red. Uh, if I go to uh, 2018, still one, two, three, four, five players against lefties in the red. Not a ton of strikeouts. And uh, I know Duffy's much better against lefties. And I'm sure, what is there, just one lefty in the lineup? The numbers don't look amazing. But Duffy is a guy, I think more so on DraftKings, is worthy of rostering in a lot of different formats today. Yeah, yeah, over on DraftKings is mostly where I'll end up going with him. Another big thing with Duffy is occasionally they'll let him go up to 115, 120 pitches uh, just because their bullpen's so bad. And if he's actually chugging along here, we've seen it multiple times before. The problem is, yeah, he is a bit more dominant versus lefties than versus righties. The slider's kind of his out pitch. It's his best pitch here. And so with righties, he's forced to go with his changeup, his sinker, his curveball quite a bit more, which gets more ground balls, kind of limits stuff. But it's still not great numbers versus righties so far this season. Not a big enough sample size. And we obviously can go to the past when we saw he was actually a decent strikeout pitcher. But this Detroit lineup is just nothing to be scared about. And the weather over in Kaufman, who that's been a – very good hitters ballpark all year long is not good today i mean if you use the weather edge tool let me see the weather edge is giving it a bump i looked at it today but the the wind's blowing a bump based on it's based on 44 current games and the biggest thing to look at when you actually see that is to check out obviously what the dew point what the temperature is what the winds are the winds are blowing in which the stadium is not really going to have much of an effect and if anything it'll be a bad effect and on top of that, there's only 2% bump to home runs compared to a 15% bump for total runs. That just shows you that it's complete random volatility based on sample size. It's a neutral spot, and honestly, it's probably a bad spot in all reality here. All right, let's uh, let's go to some bats. I think we covered pitching. Verlander, Berrios, uh, I think if you wanted to go to a guy like Mikolas to get some bats over... I don't want to tell you not to play Verlander, but if you wanted to get all the bats, bats just aren't as important as pitching. So it's probably better to spend up on Verlander, at least on uh, on Yahoo. Uh, I think a guy like Mikolas is probably going to be a guy I'm interested in rostering. Uh, moving on to some bats. Uh, catcher, you know, I've highlighted all the catchers here uh, so far on Yahoo today. And there's not a ton really standing out. You know, if you go a little cheaper, you can play a guy like Real Muto. Uh, against Kelly pretty easily but if you don't spend up where do you think you'd end up going at the catcher position you've got a couple of cheap catchers always minimum price catchers always interest me you got two in the Tigers Royals game uh, and then there's a couple other guys sitting out there as well yeah the main thing is there's cheap guys at pretty much every single position uh, for the rest of your lineup here so I'm paying up for real mucho on cash and I'm probably going to use a decent amount of them in tournaments because I can't go down to Mikolas or I can't go down to a guy like Anderson but if you can't get up to JT Realmoto, there's really only two choices. It's Molina going up against Yamamoto, a guy that really hasn't pitched the bigs at all. We don't know what he is, but his minor league numbers are just all right. You can get a little wild. Over on Yahoo, walks are worth more than uh, they are in comparison to DraftKings. So he's only $10 here. I don't need to pay for a minimum price guy when I can get a good catcher Molina going up against Yamamoto. The only problem there is the ballpark. He is on the opposing team, so he will likely get an extra at bat. He's going to be batting in the heart of the lineup. The next guy is, depending on if he's in the lineup, Cisco going lefty against Yeah, you're going to let me see that dong? Oh, I, 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 I got <laughs> you it. You got it? <laughs> I, I, I figured out. Yeah, he's actually he's in, in the... A good chance, uh, maybe not a good chance for a home run, but uh cleanup hitter, Chance Cisco, 10 bucks. 
Yeah, yeah, going up against a bad pitcher. I'm not a big fan of stacking that game, but when uh, you're looking at cash, Cisco is a very clear option here. Very small sample size versus righties, so don't look into that too much this year. If you go back all the way to last year, it's not great, uh, but he is still a guy batting in the middle of the lineup in a good ballpark going up against a bad pitcher, and even the starter who's probably going to see one at-bat against him is more of a guy that's much better versus righties than versus lefties. He just hammers that slider there. And it's a good out pitch for him and gets a decent amount of ground balls, but it's not going to be the same for lefties as it is for righty. So Cisco getting a few at bats versus uh, what's his Edwin and getting an at bat versus Law is not really a bad thing. Ten dollars is just too cheap for him. Those are the only two guys you really want to think about um, in the ten dollar range. Anything below it, you're just rounding out a stack. And if you're not going to go with them, you go with Real Moto and it's just he's he's the guy. He's the top play at catcher on the entire slate. All right, I'll throw. I'll put Cisco in there if we need. If we have a couple extra bucks, we'll upgrade to Rio Muto. Um, but the uh, the Dong song I think sounds pretty good for Mister Cisco there today. Uh, I, I want to ask you, what does Yahoo have against your boy? No idea. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Why would you price him like they hate the Phillies for no apparent reason here? And Reese's Pieces is just the greatest hitter of all time. And he's going up against a subpar pitcher that doesn't have a slider. Look at so these numbers. Look at these numbers, and he's twelve bucks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And like he's going up against a reverse splits pitcher. Do they just automatically factor in? Oh, the platoon split is. I have no idea what's going on. I Reese is just the stone cold lock there for cash. If you're thinking about using anyone else, if you have the chance, if you have eight dollars left on your salary at the end, or even ten dollars, or twelve, or fourteen. I would take Reese over every single first baseman on this entire slate if we weren't incorporating Price. With Price, it just makes things super easy. Yeah, I think he's a, a pretty good play over every – Goldschmidt's also definitely too cheap uh, against the Marlins pitcher today. I think he's pretty interesting. Uh, Telez, Smoke, but uh, I think your boy Reese's Pieces, uh, Reese Hoskins, we got to throw him in there for the people. It's just uh, – Is just it way too Reese's cheap. Pieces or is it Reese's Pieces? I say Reese's Pieces. I say Reese's Pieces. I'm well. I would expect nothing less from you, but to me, it's Reese's Reese's Pieces to me. (laughs) Um, Let's uh, let's move on to second base here. Uh, We'll get to some tournaments. We'll get some of your QQs. I'm sure Devin's been storing them up in a little bit. Uh, We'll just hold off on those for now. Uh, I want, you know, anytime I could take pitchers or uh, hitters against. Uh, Edwin Jackson and the law. Uh, I, I think that sounds pretty good. So VR at 15 is looking pretty good. Uh, I like Moustakis in general, not today against Verlander. Although if there was one player, you know, there was Yelich and Moustakis, those two can easily hit a solo home run. Uh, I think I'm going to take VR against uh, the, the combination of Toronto hitters or Toronto pitchers. Uh, that looks pretty good. Other than that, you can mess around with a couple of cheapies, but we ha- you have enough money today normally, right? Normally when we get to position players, we're at like eight, nine bucks salary remaining because we spent it all on pitching. That's not the case today. We have enough money for bats, and I think VR is probably the preferred play. Yeah, VR is the guy that I want to go with, whether I have enough money for him. Like, it, it, it's essentially a 2v2 swap with VR and an outfielder um, for going down to Vargas, going down to Wong. Uh, going down to, I wanted Sogard. He was going to be my guy, but he's not in the lineup. So Biggio batting lead off, but 
Hess is a bit better versus lefties than people realize, but Biggio batting first in this environment and then facing the bad Baltimore bullpen is just a little bit too tough to ignore for cash. I think VR is the right guy to go with, um, but if you can't, there are options at 3 5 and $6 cheaper. Uh, chat wanted to know that Jackson is out. So Jackson isn't starting anymore for Toronto. Uh, there's a guy uh, that's law that uh, I believe isn't playing, right? This was yeah, the last I heard right before the show. D-Law. Yeah, yeah, and then Jackson's coming Jackson's coming in after the opener. That's what that's what I heard um, basically right before the show is that that's the same information you have, correct? Yeah. Britt, is Reese a top 35 player? Uh, top 25. Top 15. <laughs> I just I had to say top 25. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's go to second base. Uh we'll throw in VR. Uh, keep it moving along here. Now, I, I would want to play, you know, Vlad, but he's probably a little bit too expensive. There's there's a lot of guys I think are probably just a little bit too expensive at third base. Uh, you've got some reasonably good plays. I don't I don't understand why Ooh. Josh Donaldson is 10 bucks, but that, that sounds pretty good to me. That looks like a, a good salary fitter for the rest of our lineup. Uh, let's see you on that. Um, I, Donaldson's the right guy for cash. He's absolutely the right guy. There's guys you can pivot off to like Ruiz, Machado, Kingery, um, Carpenter, going all the way up to Vlad, Escobar are all fine options. But Donaldson, when you incorporate his price, he's absolutely the guy you go with. It's a decent matchup here going up against a rookie who does have some decent strikeout stuff. But Donaldson's patient. He, he has a good eye for the ball, and that price tag is just insane to me and pretty good at hitters' ballpark. By the way, Durant had – Successful surgery on his ruptured Achilles tendon. Do we actually have news that it was a ruptured Achilles before now? Well, I don't think it was beforehand, right? Like, there's no way he could have played with a ruptured Achilles. He had like a, you know, a weakened calf and or a, you know, maybe a partially torn Achilles, and he let it rest. And he he was obviously good for a while, but I, I would imagine he probably knew going into the game like there's a reasonably good chance my Achilles will, you know snap during the game you know he had the he's backed up by the what 31 million bucks or something like that yeah yeah it's not really in some team might even pay him anyway right because he's still kevin durant so i mean the dude's still gonna get money if if he wants to play and he he obviously could play i I don't really see what the problem with unless the the coaching staff or the medical staff simply said oh no you're good you're good bro go on out there nothing's gonna happen yeah yeah, I, I really doubt they would say that. And I mean, even he could probably feel it in his leg. Yeah. But we'll, we'll never know what the medical staff did unless it kind of gets dirty or something like that. But I would imagine he went out there sort of knowing there was a, a chance for something like that to happen, would, would be the assumption I would, I would be under. Yeah, it's sports. People get injured. It's, it's, it's a sad, sad thing. But uh, Durant will get back on his feet, literally uh, and figuratively. What do you think about shortstop, or do you want to talk some of the outfield plays today? Shortstop, not the sexiest position on the, on the bigger slate today. Uh, so, so give me one guy you want to like throw in there. Shortstop's trash. Honestly, let's come back to it after we do the outfield. Because... That, that'll be the one. We'll leave that blank, right? We don't want to give everybody the whole goods, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll leave shortstop back, and we'll, we'll talk some outfield. There's some really good plays. If if you go cheaper at pitching, you can re- you basically get every good play in the outfield. If you use Verlander. You are kind of skipping around a little bit. Uh, a guy like Grichuk uh, is one of the best bets, I think, to hit a home run today. If you're looking, you know, home run hunting, which are always good. He's 15 bucks, but but there's a variety of of good plays you can make on Yahoo today. So where are you really looking? Um, the first guy I'm throwing in uh, is going to be Marcakis. Only eight dollars, way too cheap. Uh, He's been hitting too. 
Yeah, he's been hitting. He's been good. I mean, just pull up plate IQ and look at his numbers so far this year. The juice ball has been fantastic for him. Not as good numbers versus, uh, or sorry, not as good number versus lefties, but he's going up against a righty today. And 366 Woba, that's that's more than good enough. But he's walking at 15.2% clip, which on Yahoo is fine with me. I'll take a walk any given time. He's only striking out at 12% clip. So Kelly's little bit of wildness and decent K stuff is less to worry with Marcakis than is with most of the other bats in this lineup here. And he should should be a guy that has a normal platoon split here. So Marcakis is the first guy I'm throwing into my lineup. Outside of him, it gets a little bit tougher here. I wanted to play Jay Bruce, but he's not Jay Bruce, uh, Bryce Harper, but he's yeah. not in the lineup. So it makes things tougher. I think the second guy I'm going with is going to be Peralta. Um, Eflin, this year he's been bad to both sides of the plate, but he's historically very, very bad to the left. He's huge platoon splits here. And Peralta is too cheap at 14 bucks, considering how good he's been versus righties this year. 400 Woba, 267 ISO. He's getting a better ballpark here. The hitting conditions are all right. And we saw what, like, we saw what the Diamondbacks did to Eikhoff, who's a similar pitcher, just a better pitcher. Just extreme splits here. Uh, Eflin, 45% fly ball rate, 41% hard hit rate to lefties. And he's walking and striking, striking them out at a low clip, walking them at a high clip. Everything points towards. Peralta being a good play, plus guys are going to be on base because he's surrounded by four lefties. Did, did you do any sports betting or monkey knife fight or any of that stuff today, Grant? I did not. I'll have a video tomorrow. All right. So, like, uh, I, I like the, this Toronto-Baltimore game on both sides. Like, this game is set up for, like, 20 runs to get scored today because one, one you got Hess on the other side who is just, like, legitimately one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball. Versus righties. This is why I love, uh, you know, like, Vlad, uh, I love Grichuk. Grichuk's going to hit a home run today. So is Vlad, by the way. Uh, I love Toronto as a stack. They got a huge total, but rightfully so. On the other side, right, you're going to get the opener. Then you're going to get Edwin Jackson. If you click open uh, the premium or the premium leaderboards and you go to bullpen and you take a look at who the worst bullpens in the league are, well, Grant, we got the two of the top three worst bullpens in the league here. This game. Like, I think there's almost no way this game doesn't score like 15 runs today. So, like, I, I love stack now we didn't really have a ton of players in it but uh i i love grichik today against hess hess has just given up i could probably hit a home run off of hess and if i can do it i'm sure randall grichik can probably do it as well yeah i'm i'm kind of fading the smart money here is on the under um everyone believes that jackson is this absolute trash bottom of the barrel horrible pitcher which he's bad i'm not going to say that he's good he's bad but he's not nearly as bad as everyone thinks he is. Look at Jackson's matchups so far this season, and you'll kind of see why he's been so bad. He's been giving up a lot of bombs, but he had New York over in Toronto. He had Colorado in Colorado. He had San Diego in Toronto, which San Diego is one of the best power-hitting teams that people don't really realize. He had Boston in Toronto and at San Francisco, which that was just an, that was his first start of the year here. And he really didn't do terrible. He's not nearly as bad as people believe he is. Um, I'm in law is actually a decent uh, relief pitcher. So it hurts Grichik and Vlad more than anything, having him be the starter because he can get out righties really easily. So Vlad, Giriel, and Grichik all probably going to have to face him in the first inning here. No, that's there. That's he's oh, sorry, not that. Flip it around. Yeah, sorry. Um, you mean like Mancini. Mancini and Nunez are probably going to have yeah. to face Law because he's probably going to get a two inning outing here. So, I I mean, VR, Santander, 
uh, Cisco is the only real power lefty that is in that lineup. And really that's debatable. It's just because he's had a few good outings versus righty so far this year. But I'm not nearly as high on um, Jackson or as low on Jackson as a lot of people are. And when this was going to be a bullpen game, which realistically a bad bullpen arm is about as good as a normal starter. When this was a bullpen game, the Toronto total got up to 6.5 when Jackson was initially cut. And then as soon as he got put back, not only did the total drop a half point, but also it became a pick again where Baltimore was a massive favorite beforehand or Toronto was a massive favorite beforehand. I don't know. I, I just think that this is not really the, the under is going to hit here and this is going to be ultra chalky because people are just going to immediately go to all these bats. So I'm more on the fade with picking out random one-offs of power because Hess on the other side, a lot better versus lefties than people realize his changeup's not bad. He does give a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact to righties. And so the guys that hit hard, Gary L, uh, Vlad and Grichik are the ones that I'd be targeting. Uh, I'm still taking the over. Uh, I don't. I don't care what you say, Grant. I think this game scores a lot of runs. Shotgun beer bet. Um, I don't mean I don't want to get like uh, who, which which one of those quarterbacks is horrible at chugging. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want to be the Aaron Rodgers of uh, of Roto Grinders here. I'm fairly one? certain Mangone's the Aaron Rodgers of. <laughs> and, and you you are the what the offensive lineman or the Tom Brady? Bakhtiari. Yeah, it's, the- it's really Brady. Brady is super impressive. Yeah, you're the you're the Tom Brady for sure. So these are some of the uh, some of the plays we like quite a bit uh, on Yahoo today. Um, I want to spend a, you know this is a tournament show, so we'll talk some stacks and then we'll take some questions on the end of it. Uh, so I'm going to pull up the starting lineups page. Uh, I'll go back to that one, and we can spend a couple minutes going over some of the totals on Yahoo. Uh, let me get the right slate up. Hold on one second, and uh, I got everything. We don't have the or we. We have an Orioles lineup by now, right? What 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 the what the heck does it? There we go. I got it. Everything's working now on my end. So hey, Ray, what was that word that you said mean? I got Ooh. a copy. I don't know. In, in chat, I'm, I'm I'm googling it. I don't. My vocabulary isn't is good. Um, I want to talk. Uh, so you you think the Blue Jays Baltimore? I think that one's going to draw some ownership. You're you're telling me. Not as many runs will be scored on that one. I like the the over. I would have taken the over earlier in the day. The overs come down. I'd still take the over in this game uh, if you ask me. Uh, what's the difference between the Phillies game and the Baltimore game? Let me ask you that. I mean, Kelly and Eflin are definitely better pitchers than four innings of Edwin Jackson and David Huss. And both That's... bullpens. Both bullpens. Like, it, 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 I think there's a, a pretty big difference. It's it's not nearly as big as you think. I mean, Philly has a decent bullpen, and Diamondbacks definitely have a better bullpen. Um, or both teams definitely have better bullpens than Toronto and Baltimore. And it is a slight park downgrade, but the difference in bats is just drastic. People still don't think that highly of the Diamondbacks. They still play in a decent pitcher's ballpark. And Philly has just been a little bit slow to start things off. without, With the addition of Bruce in there, even without Harper, who's struggled all season long, they have a lot better bats than people realize. And Kelly being a reverse splits guy going up against all these very good righties, Real Moto, Kingery, Hoskins, Segura, and then being stacked all the way top to bottom. The difference in uh, total realistically just comes down to the fact that one's an AL team and one's an NL team. One's going to have the DH, one isn't. Philly and the Diamondbacks are way 
way better game stack, way better team stacks than mm-hmm. Toronto and Baltimore. And it's not really that close. And when you incorporate ownership. Yeah, I want to I want to talk on St. Louis here because this is kind of, you know, they they got the low total. They're in Miami. That's going to kind of keep ownership down. But on yeah, look at this price at 16. None of these guys are over 18 bucks. And that's Ozuna, who's been mashing like nobody's business this season. So you can really get you can get up to six of these Cardinals guys pretty easily on Yahoo. Um, you can get five on, on DraftKings. Uh, Yamamoto isn't pitched since double A. You get a, you know, it's, I think it's a pretty tough task from a pitcher who hasn't pitched above double A. You know, if I, if I'm that pitcher, I want to go face the giants or I'd want to face my own team in the Marlins, right? Bring me up against a team. That's not really good, full of, you know, reasonably good hitters. That's a tough sell for me to try to think he's going to be able to limit the Cardinals in any way, shape or form. I mean, he's a talented pitcher. He, the one problem is, I don't know. I mean, he's like, okay. in double A. Uh, he has oh he has good stuff. The problem is he gets a little bit wild. I think he had what twelve point nine Ks per nine over in the minors here, and we've seen this before multiple times a season with one team alone. I think that the Padres brought up what was it Paddock? Uh, they brought up multiple guys from Double A straight from Double A into their lineups. Um, and yes, St. Louis is worrisome. Yes, they walk at a huge clip. I don't know if it's going to be generally or a real big fantasy output uh game for the cardinals they are cheap enough but yamamoto is an all right pitcher he doesn't give up too many home runs and it's going to be even less considering the ballpark here over in miami which is one of the worst home run ballparks in the entire majors and he's just going to be walking guys and getting bad that's pretty much the only real outcome here yes they can hit a home run or two if yamamoto gets a little bit scared and start throwing meatballs down the middle just to make sure he doesn't walk anyone that isn't the reality that can happen in this game here but I, the Cardinals are fine, but I don't want to stack a team in Miami where with their price tags, people are going to be going to Goldschmidt, Dijon, and Molina a lot over on Yahoo and on other sites. And being able to balance it out with Wong and Fowler, get up to both Barrios and Verlander easily, I kind of want to stay away from the Cardinals for the most part. Um, what else would we be doing, you know, for for sneaky? Where's where's the ownership going to go? I can pull up uh, lineup HQ. I don't know if I have a – actually, I do have a tab open. I don't see any ownership yet. Let me see if anything's popped up yet. If not, I can switch to DraftKings and see if we have anything for that. So let me. I don't think we have any Yahoo ownership. The biggest ownership is going to be on the guys that I already talked about. It's going to be on a few of those Phillies that are underpriced: Real Moto, Hoskins, and Segura. Probably it's going to be on those Cardinals bats that are underpriced: mm-hmm. Jean Goldschmidt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I pulled up. Uh, I pulled up DraftKings, right? So it's a different slate, just to try to get an idea. And ownership will kind of carry. DraftKings is the most popular site. The guy's popular over there. Sometimes the the ownership will kind of trickle around the industry. So we've got, it looks like the Toronto guys, right? Uh, Biggio leading off looks pretty good. Grichuk, who I already mentioned, uh, looks like he's going to be drawing some ownership. Uh, Vlad, so it looks like if you're playing on DK tonight, Toronto probably easily going to be uh, the chalk stack of the night, at least this point in time. Uh, You've got a couple of two cheap Phillies, just like on Yahoo. Reese is too cheap on DK and, uh, Hernandez leading off also a little bit too cheap. Uh, so basically what I'm asking you is of the lower owned offenses that don't have the five plus run totals today, which, you know, can Astros do it? Woodruff's been pretty good. Um, but the Astros have a run line around four. This Royals game doesn't really look too right for offense. I think some people are going to use Duffy. I'm not really on Norris at all, so maybe I can consider the Royals offense. But 
I need it to be 85 degrees with a wind blowing out in Kansas City to really want to use an offense there. This Padres-Giants game just looks like a, a total whiff unless you're searching for one-off home runs, maybe from the Padres side. There's not a lot of ways to make different lineups today and, and have it look good. Uh, so so how would you be approaching that? It's Arizona, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, the Twins are going to be moderately chalky. Over in Yahoo, they're going to be under on because of their pricing. You have to pay 20 bucks for virtually every single player in their entire lineup here. So stacking them up is super tough, and you're pretty much sacrificing all high-priced pitchers unless you do a four-man stack with all men price guys afterwards. Um, so the Twins are going to be a little bit under-owned over on Yahoo because of their pricing. Yep. And the Diamondbacks are just my top overall stack on the entire slate here. I mean, you look at all these guys, and it starts off with five lefties going up against Eflin. Granted that Kettle Marte and Escobar both, and Vargas, are all switch hitters that are better against lefties than they are against righties. But Eflin's so bad, I don't think it really matters too much. And he just hasn't been the same. He's going to be walking guys. I don't think he makes it out of the third inning here. And I think the Diamondbacks absolutely destroy him. And their pricing over on Yahoo is just super cheap. They're the guys I'm differentiating with. And if you really want to go super off the board, I mean, the Mariners, I love Barrios, but they have enough power where they can pretty much beat up any pitcher. Um, the more likely scenario, it's kind of similar to the White Sox last year where they had a bunch of power. They hit the ball hard. They strike out a huge clip. If a pitcher has a down day and then they end up throwing in bad relief pitchers, um, then they can crush any team. But I don't think this is the day for that. And they're not really in a great ballpark or weather spot for it uh if you played the all day or early and you played nolan arenado i got some bad news he leaves uh in the uh fifth inning after he got hit in the pitch early hit by pitch earlier in the game so rats on that one so i'm, I'm down he got he got more to get me a hit by pitch uh and a walk not the worst thing in the world but no no nolan arenado home run uh for some of you guys out there if you were uh, if you played the early sleep uh, all right, Devin, release the QQs. Uh, so Devin's going to be posting those uh, in the chat. If you guys have any, uh, feel free to post them in chat, and we will round out the show answering your questions. Oh, there, are, there aren't any QQs yet. Well, Devin, you're supposed to be curating those for us throughout the show, man. I had this grand performance set up for you to just spam the chat the rest of the show, and you let me down, my man. So uh, go, go get some QQs uh, from YouTube, and if you guys have any in chat, uh, please put those in. And again, guys, if you are on YouTube and you do like watching us over there, we do appreciate the like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to get some notifications, uh, click the alerts. Just lets us know uh, behind the scenes that you appreciate us uh, putting our content out on YouTube and it helps us uh, over there stay relevant. So uh, let's see here. Oh, Devin sent me a, a mess. I never check those. Yeah, none of us ever check. Send us in Slack. We'll actually get a notification for it on our phone. Silly goose. Yeah, that's uh look at this. Uh Grant being pretty smart there. So um let's see. Top one-offs. Uh this comes from YouTube. What would we be doing? What do you look for in a one-off? Do you play chalky one-offs? Do you play, you know, would you play Randall Grichuk? I would play Randall Grichuk in like my low own stack, but I probably wouldn't play him in I don't know, say my Philly stack or my Baltimore stack or something like that today. What do you look for in one-offs? I mean, a slight pivot from a super chalk guy. So the easiest situation on today's slate is Grichik. Pivoting from him to Peralta, a dollar less, most likely less ownership, or even Adam Jones is the way to go. And pivots, I want a home run, or one-offs, I want a home run. It's that simple. I want a home run with potential multiple home runs, and I want lower ownership. 
Peralta is one of the top guys over on Yahoo. Hoskins, I'll eat the ownership there just because it's the best best spot on the slate, and it's not even close. Nick Williams is a guy with some power going up against a reverse splits guy, but I don't care. He's got a good – it's a low-K reverse splits guy in Kelly. And Nick Williams is super cheap. I don't think he's going to draw that much ownership. People are going to immediately go to Marquecas. And Nick Williams can absolutely hit the ball at the ballpark. Um, so he's a one-off that I like. Kansas City, not going to draw a lot of ownership. And there are some cheap bats here. So going with Witt as a one-off is not the worst idea in the world going up against Norris. Um, any of the Atlanta guys are fine. Any of the Twins guys are fine. They all have power. Um, and if you really want to, you can go with a Mariners power bat. But, I mean, Vogelbach and Encarnacion are the two guys that I would look at. But I, I don't see going with them. Kingery is a decent choice going off of Donaldson at $1 more. People have a problem with taking a guy batting six as opposed to batting fourth for some strange reason, knowing that there's a one in seven chance or one in five point four point five chance that he gets one less at bat. So getting a guy with power that's been on a heater like King Ray has in a good spot going up against a reverse splits righty is a fantastic way to differentiate yourself than the Donaldson one off that everyone's going to have. Uh, we got a couple of QQs about Verlander ownership and fading him in a tournament. Um, you know, looks like he's going to be in about a third of the field's lineups on DraftKings. I'd imagine probably just a, a little bit more than that on a site like Yahoo today. Uh, what's your thoughts on on that situation? Um, you Nowadays in the MLB, you don't fade guys like Verlander. You don't fade guys like Sale. You don't fade guys like Scherzer on nights like this where there's not a perfect like guy to go into at less ownership. Like when Verlander's chalk, if Scherzer – if Verlander was going to be owned 40% and Scherzer was going to be owned 15% and they were on the same slate, around the same price tag, just one has a worse match than the other, then you fade off of Verlander over to Scherzer almost every single time just because that's how – that's the way it works out. But these super – Super pitchers, Verlander, Sale, Scherzer, are the ones that you don't get off of, and especially in a matchup like this where his upside has gone through the roof. People are going to worry about the Brewers, and he's not going to draw nearly the ownership that he should on this slate, which I don't know we haven't pegged for ownership right now, but I can almost guarantee it's too low. He is a guy that I'm in all likelihood going to go all in on outside of those random stacks like the twins where there's no possible way to pay up for him but i'd rather go with sean anderson and verlander than go down to a barrios and uh what's his name Soroka lineup um lucchese on fanduel so he is definitely going to be the second highest owned pitcher on fanduel today because his his price is just so cheap right there's the verlander lineups at 11-1 where you don't get the bats and then there's the lucchese lineups at 7-9 where you can basically do anything you like and then it's a whole lot of in-between over there today. So uh, what do you think about uh, Lucchese on FanDuel? I think he's a fine play. You can play Lucchese, I think, even in cash games on FanDuel if you wanted to, simply because it's a it's a clear mispricing. In my opinion. Yeah. So that that's that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you just said it. It's, it's pricing dependent, and Lucchese can get there. It's a very easy spot in FanDuel. It's obviously important to get that quality start and get that win. It's more important than other sites, and he gives you the price. His pricing gives you the chance. Uh, do we want to use any Houston mini stacks? So this is guys like uh, Alvarez, Bregman, maybe one more against Woodruff. Uh, Brantley. You want to you want to mess around with that today? 
I, Alvarez is fantastic. He's not going to be nearly as owned as he should over on Yahoo because of his price tag of $17. Brantley is going to go way too low on, but he he's going up against a high strikeout pitcher that's actually given up hard contact and fly balls to lefty. Brantley's a very underrated play, and then Bregman's just a good enough hitter overall that it doesn't really matter. We have the Milwaukee lineup, and, and it's, a, it's fairly normal. Just thought I'd say that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't mind the Houston mini stack. Woodruff is a bit overrated, in my opinion. The only reason I'm on him so much today is because of his price. That's why I'm staying away from him entirely over on Yahoo. In Houston, regardless of what lineup they end up putting out there, it's always going to be pretty darn good here. Um, you have power one through six outside of Reddick, who's just a decent overall hitter and a decent leadoff hitter. And then you got enough lefties in there where it can give Woodruff some problems. Uh, let's see if we can get a couple more Q, QQs. Uh, let's see. Favorite late night stacks on Yahoo? They're all trash. It's San Diego's the only viable one. Lucchesi yeah. and Sean Anderson have a total of seven, but even in a bad ballpark, there is enough power to do a little mini stack with Tatis, Reyes, Machado, even Naylor is fine, or Will Myers. They all have enough power to hit the ball the ballpark there, but I would not suggest any late night stack. Maybe the Royals, but that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, I don't do golf. Uh, you got any U.S. Open hot takes? Brooks Kepka wins. All right. And if you want anything else, uh, I, I hear there's that notorious guy who's won like uh, a bajillion dollars in the past like month. Maybe go check out his stuff on yeah, here. What's it like just making 100K a week? Like every week, you're just like oh, another 100K. <laughs> oh, man, that guy. That guy's good. It's nice to be good. And uh, golf, I think, is... I don't know, to me it's always seemed like i don't i've never played golf right so i've never gotten into it but uh yeah uh if you want any golf stuff go read some of notorious stuff uh let's see i think there were a couple more questions let's see if i can find them here uh vogelbach and bruce uh, i know they're different teams they were for, on the same team uh but one-offs those are guys i think make really interesting one-offs because I think they're both going to carry reasonably low ownership due to their prices. And those are, those are great one-offs. The the guys who can hit a home run as a one-off, that's like exactly what you want. And you have them basically to yourself in a turn. Yeah. And Kelly isn't really a big strikeout guy, which helps out Vogel or which helps out Bruce quite a bit. I don't mind him at all as a one-off. He's got power. Um, and Vogelbach, he's, he's a literal mountain at the plate here and he can hit the ball out of any ballpark. People have a little bit of a tough time playing him or Encarnacion, so it lowers his ownership even more. Um, he's 16 bucks. He's a slight uptick in price from Hoskins, which everyone else is going to be using as a one-off over on Yahoo. Um, probably not as much over on DK and other sites. But, yeah, Vogelbach can hit the ball at the ballpark any given time here, and he is going up against Berrios, who's a little bit worse versus lefties and righties. Um, here's the lineup me and Grant put together a little earlier in the show. If you are playing on Yahoo, we had Verlander, Berrios, uh, Cisco Hoskins, VR, Donaldson, and Marcakis didn't want to fill out everything else. You can move some of this around. If you got some extra bucks, you can get uh, uh, who can you get a catcher? Oh my god, his name's Cisco Real Moto. Yeah, Real Muto at catcher. Um, you can get a guy like Grichuk in the outfield. Who'd you like in the outfield again? Um, Marcakis Peralta. Anything yeah, else after that is just what however much price you have left. Yeah, Peralta was in there. So, um, if you are playing on Yahoo, these are some of the plays me and Grant like a lot today. Uh, one more QQ, I think we'll get on out of here after this one. Uh, if you had to, who would you roster on Kansas City tonight? 
I mean, wet is the absolute obvious 100% guy you go to first, but um, Gordon's fine. Even going up against lefty Norris has been bad for both lefties and righties this season. You look at his pitch selection, he probably should be a little bit more splits normal because he does throw a slider quite a bit, but he's still just a bad overall pitcher. So I'm fine with Gordon. Mondes, he's good. Soler's good. Gutierrez is super cheap over on Yahoo. O'Hearns has got to regress to what he was doing last year a little bit at some point here. And, I mean, Norris still a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact and fly balls. Uh, I think uh, if you're playing a tournament, uh, Soler probably reasonably low-owned if you're looking for a guy to jam in there as a low-owned one-off. Uh, lots of ISO, high WOBA. Uh, I like him to uh, possibly take Norris deep tonight. So, uh, I think that's going to get us out of here. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring the show. If you've never played on Yahoo, uh, it's a pretty fun site. I'm on there most nights. Uh, if you want to play a rake-free tournament, they usually run one every single day. Uh, I always talk to Grant about rake, right? If we got all of the rake we ever paid back, Grant could literally just be, Grant would be a millionaire based off the check he would get back from sites based on rake and things like that. So even getting any part of your day rake-free, um, you usually have to enter it early in the day on Yahoo. Everybody knows about it. It's not the best kept secret in DFS anymore. It fills by noon, but it's usually like a $3 tournament. Uh, kind of goes, uh, I think it's around like a $6,000 prize pool. Uh, you can get up to 10 entries in it. And uh, that's a, a rake-free tournament they usually run most days. So so go get on that on Yahoo in the, in the morning. All right, Grant, anything rake-free or rake-reduced or anything where I pay less to the sites? I know they have to, they've got to make a business and I understand it all, but anytime it benefits us, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, in the long run, going with those rake feet contests is absolutely massive. Yeah, so uh, go check that out on Yahoo. Don't forget, you got to get in those early in the day. And if you've never played Grinders 30, uh, we'll get you $30 in Yahoo Rewards points, I believe, uh, on your first deposit to kind of mess around on the site and have a good time. Not really at the expense of your own wallet. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, Grant, thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, I'm Britt, and we out, you. What's up, guys? Beer here back in the fantasy bar with six of my favorite plays on DraftKings coming right up, including some value bats, some potential home runs, and maybe some double dongs. A starting pitcher I think is undervalued, and a guy with a hard contact rate of over 80%. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Wednesday edition beers daily. Fantasy six-pack back once again here in the Fantasy Bar. Tonight we will focus on DraftKings. Five hitters for you. One starting pitcher. Let's get into it at first base with some power like I spoke about with Reese Hoskins, 4,400. So Hoskins off to a good start in this series. First two games against Arizona, averaging 18 DraftKings points per game. We know the numbers are there against righties each and every season this year. No different. You see that Woba also hitting for power. 223 is the ISO. And when we start looking into pitch types, Mr. Kelly loves that fastball against righties 38% of the time. That's his pitch of choice. The numbers jump up even higher for Hoskins here. So love this matchup in that sense. We're talking about a 419 Woba and ISO over 300. And Kelly has struggled with righties. ISO's over 200. Woba's right around 350. Our contact rate approaching 40%. Love this spot for Reese Hoskins against Kelly. 
at 4,400. All right, let's go to the outfield. Next play for us, Jorge Soler, 4,700. So price seems kind of high on Soler, but what I think that's going to do, it's going to cause people to go in a different direction. I really like this spot. This guy's been a thorn in the side of Tigers pitching this season. 11 for 29, two home runs, seven RBIs so far this season. Does have a home run against Daniel Norris in 10 career at-bats as well. And Norris, you see, a lot of hard contact, almost 40% here. 347 is the weighted OBA. You also get the beer gut here in play. The intuition, Solaire, a guy couldn't leave out of my lineups tonight, so get him in yours at 4,700. Now let's go to the other side of that game with second baseman shortstop, Ronnie Rodriguez, 3,800. So nice numbers here. Limited sample, of course, but you're talking about a 61% hard contact rate against lefties. You're talking about an absolutely elite 320 ISO against left-handed pitching along with a 357 Woba. So again, we're not talking about hundreds of at-bats here, but I like what I'm seeing so far out of Rodriguez. You also get that multi-position flexibility here, second base or shortstop. And I mentioned I like the stack here. Danny Duffy, a pitcher I've definitely used in the past, but a guy I've also stacked up against. The Tigers, maybe not the sexiest team on paper, but there's some sneaky bats in that lineup. Rodriguez, Miguel Cabrera, Castellanos, all hit left-handers very well. And Duffy gives up that mix we look for. The fly balls at 41%, the hard contact rate at 36%. Nobody's going to be stacking this one up. Be different, be contrarian, get the stack of Kansas City and Detroit, but get Ronnie Rodriguez in any format at just 3800 Now, I talked about an underpriced starting pitcher. We're going to go with Brandon Woodruff, just 7600 So simply too cheap. Like it says on the screen, the K upside he gives you. We're talking about a guy that's put up 10 strikeouts in two of the last three starts against Philadelphia, pretty good lineup, and against Pittsburgh, also a decent lineup. Now, those lineups are not Houston, but Houston is a little bit watered down right now. We have no George Springer. We have no Jose Altuve. We have no Carlos Correa. And I know the Astros, one of the better teams in the league against right-handed pitching as far as not striking out. But Woodruff, if he's 9,800, I'm not looking at him. It's 7,600. Even if the Ks come down to 6 or 7 here in this matchup, still going to pay off that number. And doesn't give up a lot of fly balls, and that's big against this Houston team. But against this watered-down lineup at this price point, I think Brandon Woodruff definitely in play here tonight at 7,600. All right, back to the bats here. Pick number five at shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr., 4,700. So comes in swinging a good stick here. Three multi-hit games for him over the last six. Has been very good righty on righty to start his career. 258 is the ISO for him, 379. That weighted OBA. And what you really worry about with Tatis is the strikeout. Striking out at a 30% clip against right-handed pitching. And Mr. Anderson only striking out guys at a 13% clip. So you negate some of that strikeout downside you generally get with Fernando Tatis. You capture a red-hot bat here in a good lineup at a tough shortstop position. Pay that price on Tatis at 4700 All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play. But before we do that, guys... Who's your favorite play? Who's your beast of the night here on this eight-game Wednesday night slate? Get in the comment section. Let us know. Is it a hitter? Is it a pitcher? Let's hear some bold predictions there in the comment section. And if you're on YouTube, not only your comments on the beast of the night, also, if you enjoy stopping by the Fantasy Bar, guys, all I ask, you take a second, click the thumbs up button. really helps us out here at Roto-Grinders and in the Fantasy Bar. And I greatly appreciate your support. Now, let's take a look at my favorite play. You know him as the Beast of the Night.
All right, peace time. We're going to go back to the outfield. One of the guys that's helped build this fantasy bar. I promised you a six-pack Hall of Famer. We're going to go with Nelson Cruz, 4,800 tonight's beast of the night. So Cruz in a decent spot here tonight. Seattle's going to use an opener. Yes, it's a righty. Cruz pretty good against righties. But the majority of the innings are going to go to Tommy Malone, and that's really where we're going to get vintage Nelson Cruz here. 424 ISO against left-handed pitching. The guy just continues to get the job done against lefties. 459 is that weighted OBA. And maybe the biggest hard contact number I have ever seen. 81.8% hard contact against left-handed pitching. We know Tommy Malone, not the best left-handed pitcher. In fact, maybe one of the worst left-handed pitchers here. Great spot for Nelson Cruz. Pay that price, 4800 Easily my favorite play on DraftKings and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for Wednesday night in the Fantasy Bar. Any comments, questions, feedback, whatever you guys want to talk about, hit me up in that comment section. Don't forget your beast of the night calls there and YouTube. Clicking that thumbs up button, guys. I greatly appreciate it. You can also follow me on Twitter at BeermakersFan for Rotogrinders.com. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck tonight, guys. We'll take tomorrow off. Be back on Friday talking more baseball. Good luck, and we'll see you. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean78904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock in the Tennessee time. Of course, it is just time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, you may know him from such things as the Print Factory, rocking the candy cigarette as expected. It's one big team. Have we? No, it's been. I was thinking that when I came on. I was like, I haven't been on a normal... What do you call it? The should I be like you? You said the podcast for the first time, so now yeah. I got to be like, what is the show called? The what do you call it? What do I call it? It's the it's the flagship show here at the it's Rotor Grinders. Been a minute since I've been on the flagship show. It's good to be back though with you. You were saying uh, in chat one time like that I was trying to dodge you. Maybe you're the one trying to dodge. Are you too big <laughs> for the flagship show these days? You know, you're getting you're on the the Sharp Side app. You got the podcast going. Are you too busy for me? That's this XM that. DB keeps putting me on this XM. It's hard work. The the two hour show too. It's hard work for Big T. So you got to work two hours instead of one hour. It's exhausting. <laughs> and it's right around lineup block too. So it's it's tough that time slot. What is the XM block? Is it five to seven on the East Coast? Six to eight. Oh, okay. All right. Well, oh, you the lineup's get right in the middle though. I mean, six to eight with the lock right in the middle is tough, man. Basketball's a lot tougher for baseball. Of course, you can make yeah. it work and kind of sort of be prepared and. You know, uh, I remember doing that, too. And, uh, yeah, up until lock, it's really, really tricky for basketball with late scratches and all that. For baseball, you can kind of sort of do it on the fly or do it between commercials. Or Baseball is real easy, too, is when you just say play Verlander and Trout every night like you. <laughs> That's a callback only to Devin. <laughs> Nobody else gets that reference. But... <laughs> no, they all get it. They, they know you, you like the good plays. I rarely mention Mike Trout. If you don't know who Mike Trout is, you know, if you don't know who's our graphic at, is our graphic up saying that you recommend Mike Trout and Justin Verlander tonight? I did not say I recommend Mike, uh, Mike Trout. Uh, <laughs> what we do, of course, we have a producer, Devin the D train, uh, multitasker. When he's doing, when he's not, uh, you know, grabbing questions from the YouTube, if you're on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe, jump on over here to RG. Uh, you know, the Rotor Runners chat as well. You guys are welcome. Uh, he's, he's throwing up pictures. Like when we talk about certain players with certain guys, we kind of want to highlight in the slate. He accompanies our conversation or, uh, with a picture. And, <laughs> and when we mention those names, I imagine the, the, the picture will pop up to you, but we've yet to talk baseball just yet. I mean, I means he said you're on our team for basketball. I like it. We need you in there. Me? No. Yeah, that's what he says. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a good uh, locker room guy. <laughs> I can that's all we need. <laughs> Wait, Meansy. Last I heard, he was a little rusty uh, at the at the RG. Uh, you know, we'll get him going. We'll we'll get him back out there. We'll get him ready. Do you want Giannis in your team, or you don't like him because he can't shoot oh, three? Yeah, Giannis isn't on our team. We only we only want shooters. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want dudes airballing free throws on our team. Who wants the guy that can go court to court in like I mean, three steps? What, want... what, what time is his game? Don't get me started on this. Don't don't wake up a sleeping giant. I mean, I was. Don't get me don't get me rolling on this t- topic. Does he play? What time does Milwaukee play? Are they are they up tomorrow? What times what times does anybody play besides like two teams? What times Durant playing? I mean, best player in the world should be playing tomorrow, right? I mean, well, I'm sorry, but LeBron is like uh, you know his teammates are pretty terrible. What do you want from the guy? No, I mean, he, a decade straight in the finals was warm out a little. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I knew the show was going to get derailed. It's a good thing it's an eight. I, you right? did it. You started. I wasn't going to talk about Giannis. You brought it up. Well, you you brought up basketball, and then you know yeah, I, I was complimenting you. I was putting you on the winning team, and then you went and started talking about Giannis. Is that actually going to go down? By the way, I, I saw uh, Smizzle was talking about. It. That's never going to happen, right? 
I always say there's no way, but if you get Smith motivated and all of a sudden you get some sponsors involved, you'll definitely get people there. I'll go and call the game. I'll be like a, uh, the color analyst or You're something. You're not even going to be on our team after we were just we were rolling the carpet out for you? Well, I'll pull a Boogie Cousins. Come I'll, off the bench or something. and I'll, I'll come along for the ride and just get the title, I suppose. Well, who's the team? You, you mean to Every team needs a Jarebko. <laughs> but what's your team consist of? Yourself, me? I mean, we can't be giving out all our secrets until the money's established. All right. Well, all right. Yeah. Because like no, the only thing that's on. known for sure is me, you, and Meansy. <laughs> all right. I'm running point. Does that work for you? Yeah. <laughs> we got. I mean, if nothing else, we got girth, right? And that, that's uh, team girth. I think. Yeah, we I don't know, we definitely will have the girth. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll probably talk some basketball later on. I'm, I'm curious to get your. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's really interesting what's going down as far as the, uh, you know, basketball these days on and off the court. Uh, who's going to, just, just for fun, who's going to win the title? What do we have? Do we have Toronto or do we have Golden State? I, I can't wait to bet Toronto tomorrow. Like, I, whew, I, I might drop a big hammer on Toronto. Like, Are uh, they getting three? Is that what I saw? Or is that the only game easier was game three when Clay was out and they were still favored. I just, I still haven't figured out how they were favored without Clay, but. Tomorrow, I guess it's the name brand recognition, I suppose, right? The it's crazy, too, and people still bet Golden State. I just, man, I, I think Lo- Looney's out again, I'm pretty sure. I just don't. Man, I'll be stunned. If, I'll be stunned if they win the next two games. Like, they'll be – they'll be Curry and Clay and Draymond should just – they're already in the history books for being some of the best. But yeah, somehow win this series with everything they've had to battle, like, whew. It's weird to feel sympathetic for Golden State, but it's almost at that point where we're kind of sort of somewhat sympathetic to Golden State. And if, if Toronto wins the title, right, is there, an, is there an asterisk by it? Like, is it tainted? I mean, they're still beating, like, so we're talking about all the bad luck, but they're still beating. Throw KD out because if he wasn't in there to begin with, they still have Curry, Clay, Draymond, Iggy, Boogie Wounded, like, it's not like they're playing uh, just a complete scrub team. As is we Boogie saw the other positive? night, I mean, these guys are champions, man. Is Boogie a positive? No, I mean, he's Was terrible. He's, he's been awful, but, like, it's just the point of the matter. Like, the team – don't even throw Boogie in. <laughs> Boogie's irrelevant, too. Like, these guys, they were they were down six the other night with all the momentum, and they hit three straight. They're just champions. Like, no matter what happens, it's just – they're legit. Are you saying they're clutch? Is that what you're saying? I mean, of course you would argue that they're not for some reason. Well, I think if they're good or they're not, I don't think clutch is a thing. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, clutch is just a manufactured I mean, word. Kyle Lowry certainly wasn't clutch hitting the side wicket with the game on the line. I'll tell you that much. But he's also a guy that's made, he's made a game winning shot and he's like played really well in like big games. So like, is he clutch? You got to set out these arguments. That, that's a bad argument. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like Robert Ori being clutch. Like he just got oh, lucky. Oh, Robert Ori wasn't clutch. Oh, God. The rebound happened to go to him. And like, you know, muscle memory is like, oh, uh, basketball, I guess I shoot because the clock, I, you know, anybody else could have made it. There's so many guys. Uh, anybody could have made Robert Ori shots. Oh, yes. And that, the, a lot of guys that make threes could have made those threes if given the opportunity. But I mean, uh, we're getting on. That's just, that might be your new worst take. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, clutches are so silly and. Well, but oh, we, clutch is so silly. Oh. Uh, let's talk baseball. You want to talk baseball? Yeah. I love the candy cigarette. I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest gimmick in all of the – it's not a gimmick, though. You, you legit purchase these and like, eat them on off-air as well, too, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's what winners do. They 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 smoke some candy cigarettes when they're picking their winners. Robert Ori is all about that candy cigarette. Guarantee line. Robert Ori has a candy cigarette in right now. <laughs> so the number one pitcher in the slate, not even a conversation uh, when it comes to skill, when it comes to upside, it's one Justin Verlander. Of course, he's facing a Milwaukee team that has plenty of pop. There is a, you know, a lot of lefties in there too. And Verlander has struck out more lefties than righties this season for what it's worth. And there is some K upside. Uh, if you're, I'm not playing cash games tonight, T, uh, with the exception of a few, like, you know, big, like, you know, single entry, whatever cash contest, but for the, for the most part, uh, like 50 fifties, uh, I'm, I'm entering your world. I feel, I feel like playing tournaments tonight. Are you welcoming me? Oh, you're always, always welcome. You, <laughs> you were shipping them too. Uh, don't pretend like you weren't in there shipping some GPP. Yeah. It's been up and down the, the, this season. We've had some good moments for sure. Baseball is always like baseball is the craziest swings for sure. Like there's nights where you just have literally no chance. Like your guys just don't get hits. Your basketball is not like that. Like basketball, I mean, sure you could have an injury or foul trouble, but baseball is way more up and down. We uh yeah we talked about it yesterday. Kind of the point, like you know, you can sit and like study the slate for six, seven, eight hours and know it back and forth, and then make all the the strong math plays and all that and build like a hundred lineups and you can finish like dead last. And it's like, well, like the process was right. I think I processed correctly and just that things just didn't go our way. Unfortunately, this is how it goes sometimes. And, you know, uh, you're supposed to have process over results, thinking long-term over short-term, even though, you know, it's DFS and all we care about is tonight. Uh, as for tonight, T, what, what do we know with Verlander? I know you as a guy that likes to, uh, you know, spend up on the pitcher. Usually if you can, if you can make it work. Uh, and Verlander is clearly in a tier of its own. So uh, I'm guessing you're leaning, you're pro Verlander. And of course, on a two-pitcher site like, you know, DK, like Fanstraft, you can, you can save money uh, at the SP2 and all of a sudden that kind of opens things up as far as the bats. So Verlander, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's tough not to. Like, I don't even love him. Like, I hate picking on Milwaukee. But it's, I mean, eight-game slate, there's not, I don't know. Like, I guess I guess I could play a guy like Barrios or something, but. I don't know. I definitely like him. I always want at least one one guy up top and pitcher. There's always value bats that you can play, and I don't know. Like, I'm never the guy that's probably going to pay down twice, although I did yesterday with those two Hernandez dudes. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that yesterday, and, like, Pepsi was talking about playing both uh, both pitchers in the Marlins game, and that worked out, too, with Hudson as well, through the conversation. And we were right on pitchers for the most part yesterday. It's just some of the hitters, I didn't catch a lot, you know, the right combination. It's just that's how it goes, and what are you going to do? But, and, you know, obviously the season's been kind of wonky with the, the, uh, you know, the alleged juice ball and all that. And even like your stud pitchers, like that Verlander's going to give up a home run here or there. You expect he's going to give up a run or two. Uh, but longevity, staying in the game long enough and K potential uh, is a way to rebound from that. Uh, so like, you know, you almost go in there expecting that's going to happen. And that's, you know, some of these guys can't rebound from like, a, we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, the dude pitching for St. Louis, like Nicholas, if he gives up two or three runs, he just doesn't strike out enough guys where he can kind of make up the difference. So his, uh, his window is, is kind of smaller, obviously, of course, his price is different too. Uh, it, let's see. Verlander is projected. I pulled up the bat. I was kind of curious the difference between him and the rest of the field, only four more points than like the next guy. This is just kind of the average projection, not like ceiling projection. It's a tough spot, man. Milwaukee's not, it's a weird, it's a weird one for me. Cause you, you're, I usually agree with you on pitching more than, more than we probably agree on anything DFS wise. <laughs> I love spending up. Like it's the way it's the way I've always liked to build my baseball teams. I'm fine with cheap bats. I like that. But I mean I don't like for like Verlander, if I was playing a ton of teams, he wouldn't be a lock button tonight. 
just because, like you said, the projection's not that high. The matchup's tough. But if I'm playing one team, it's tough for me not to play him. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, if he goes to the lineup three times, it, this doesn't matter. But if he doesn't, if he somehow goes through two and a half times, which, again, you're probably in trouble as is. But all the K guys are backloaded. Uh, if you pull up the, the plate IQ collectively, they strike out at 23.7% versus righties. But, you know, it's the six, seven, eight guys, the guys that really strike out. That's Staines, that's Shaw, that's Gamble. Uh, Verlander, you know, the last two years, it's so it's kind of just weird to see that. This is this season, actually. Uh, I don't know if it's small sample stuff. It's just kind of weird to see. But 38.2% striking out versus lefties, 23% versus righties. Let's extend that to the last two seasons because that is kind of goofy. All the lefties that are striking out, and a little bit less as far as righties. His pitch mix is probably different. But if you if you collect it to the last two years, uh, it's still a 10% difference. 38% he's striking out as far as lefties, 28% as far as righties. And, of course, you're seeing a pile of lefties. So there's definitely is some upside. And how many tournament lineups do you have to make uh, to say, you know what, I'm going to make a Milwaukee stack or like maybe like a mini stack as a leverage play because we know Verlander is going to be popular. Yeah, I usually like that move too. Even though we like the top pitchers, I'm never scared to to put a team like this in there. Just it's such good leverage. You're right about that. Like if they have a night, because they can hit bombs too. I mean, almost all of this team can hit bombs if they if Verlander has a game where he's just not playing well. So I don't know tonight. Like there's not a ton of offense on the slate, so it, it kind of makes sense. Like if it, everyone likes the Baltimore game, obviously for offense, terrible pitching, good park. But it's not like those teams can't bust. I mean, it's still Toronto and Baltimore, and they're terrible. Like, they're they're not good. So, I know it's chalky. It's chalky for a reason. We'll get to offense, too. But, like, if that game busts, all of a sudden the slate is pretty wide open. I mean, you got Minnesota, too. But just throw that out. Say the Toronto game busts, all of a sudden Milwaukee could easily be huge leverage on the slate. Yeah, it's something I'm considering. And the, the other part is, even if Verlander isn't pitching particularly great, like it's probably a good pitcher coming in after him because that Houston bullpen is really good. So yeah. it's really not a lot to exploit. Of course, you're locked in for nine innings, and there's a lot of power in that lineup. And, you know, again, ownership matters, and especially on a smaller slate. Yelich uh, is a great – just to piggyback it even more, though, like he's a great, I think, plus one type play, even better than the, the stack because – this dude is just incredible, and no one's going to play him, obviously, against Verlander. He's expensive, too. I mean, he could he could get to anybody. All of a sudden, if he's the one that does all the damage against Verlander, you're basically getting all the leverage into one spot. Yeah, I, I totally I totally agree. Uh, and Shaw's a guy I might play just for salary reasons. I don't hate that. <laughs> like we've played every day for the, <laughs> for the whole season. Yeah, I mean, there is and still the some. the dude from Texas, the catcher, Mathis, that's never yeah. scored. He's dreadful. He's so bad. People play him every day for 2K and he never scores. Can we agree that Jeff Mathis is not clutch? Can we agree on that? <laughs> yes, we can agree on that. <laughs> so Soraka is really, really good. He's legit. Big prospect for Atlanta. He's, he's certainly shown uh, all the justification for that. But, of course, the K's aren't really there. He doesn't really care about your DFS team. He just wants to get dudes out. 20.9% uh, as far as the K percent. That doesn't exactly pop. And he's facing a Pittsburgh team that outside of Young Ho Gung, everybody else is in the green as far as striking out versus righties. Collectively, uh, T, 16.8% this team strikes out versus righties uh, in the last two seasons. That's terrible. Uh, so, like, how do you justify Soraka over Verlander unless you're uh, – and then we got Barrios as a step down against Seattle. We'll talk about him in a second with obviously more uh, K potential. Like, I like Soraka. I think it's a really good pitcher, but just the way the game is structured, as for the rules, as for how many points you get for Ks – uh, it, the math play says that Soraka doesn't make uh, sense dollar for dollar. 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't play Soraka. I, I just don't really play pitchers against Pittsburgh all that much. I know they're they're worse against righties, but I don't know. You look at this lineup; they just don't strike out a ton. The lineup looks decent too. The lineup is better than it's been most of the season with some guys coming back. Dickerson's back. Yeah, Dickerson. I mean, Kong was out for a while too. I, I don't know. I, I like that line. I'm definitely not playing Soraka on any team. So. If I go down, I don't mind Barrios. Like, Seattle's been one of the worst teams in all of baseball. They're just terrible. I know Barrios hasn't been – he hasn't been, like, incredible or anything. But tonight could be a good Barrios slate. Yeah, uh, he's better home versus road. His splits are pretty dramatic throughout his career. That Seattle team is wounded. They're, uh, I know Hanniger is out with a nut. I'm not sure if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, that was – that sounded painful. If we're doing the body parts, that is the worst body was part. Foul ball or what was it? I, I think it was it a bursted testicle or something. Yeah, like did the ball hit it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see the play. I'm not sure if it was like an off-the-field incident or on-the-field incident. <laughs> it I, better I have been an on-the-field incident. If it was off-the-field, there needs to be an investigation or something. I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I, I definitely wish him the best. That's brutal. Uh, and, you know, like Long is terrible. If you ever watched that, I mean, he's just not good. Moore is not good. Those guys both strike out a good bit as well, too. Santana's got some pop, but okay as well. Uh, collectively 23.4% as far as Barrios striking these dudes out. And, you know, he's, he's a plus K guy, 24.5% the last two years. Uh, I like Barrios a good bit. I think he grabs the W. You talk about Seattle being like just kind of fraudulent. Remember they started off really hot and people think like first impressions, but you know, this is the old Denny green. They are who we thought they were. This is the rebuilding year in Seattle. The Mariners just aren't a good team. Uh, and they're also starting to sell off parts who uh, they got rid of Bruce who all of a sudden can't strike out for Philly, which is kind of weird, but, that that's going to regress too. And the Seattle team, I think is going to get worse and worse as the season continues. What about the Lucchese versus Sam Fran? Same old deal. Sam Fran's not good. They can't hit the baseball, but well, they'll hit the baseball. They just won't hit it hard or like over fences. Uh, they just don't strike out a ton necessarily. Lucchese's kind of sort of priced up to some degree on DK on fantasy draft. I think he's best played on Fandle where the, the price is just more appealing. You have any thought as far as Lucchese? Yeah, I mean, all these guys up here are kind of why I end up playing Verlander because I can't play Lucchese for almost the same price as Verlander. I mean, they're in the same similar price range. I just there's no there's no way I can do that. I don't again. I don't like p- p- picking on San Francisco either. I know they're a terrible offense, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like every time I play a pitcher against them, it doesn't work out. I don't know. A lot a lot of my a lot of my stuff is just based on that. So. I don't know. Like, I don't want to pay that price for Casey. I like some cheaper guys and Verlander if I'm in the top. Even Barrios. Like, Barrios is only 700 more on DK. I mean, it's tough for me not not to play the uh, different guy over Casey. I, I know you like to knock Posey, and obviously Posey's regressed a ton, but he still makes contact. We're talking about the last the last two years for his lefties. Uh, he has a 10% K rate. Like, that's – if he pops out or grounds out, that's just not appealing. You want to, you know, K's our king, and you're probably not going to strike him out. Uh, Panic is a huge pest, assuming he leads off uh, 5.5% as far as the K potential. The only two guys to pop. Uh, again, this is the projected lineup. I don't think the official lineup's out just yet. Is Posey uh, back tonight? I missed him. He's expected back, yeah. <laughs> it's fun when he's on the slate. I like it because people actually play him still. How many homers did Gary Sanchez hit when uh, Buster Posey was gone? <laughs> It was just the the best is my favorite stat is that he has more home runs in the that park than Posey this year. 
Is that true? Yeah. He hit one like 470 feet or something. He hit like two. He almost hit that glove in San Francisco. Yeah. There was one he absolutely annihilated in San Fran earlier this year. Um, Yeah. I I think – has Cardi taken the the L on that one as far as – Cardi's not really an L-taking type of of person. If he hasn't taken an L on Gary versus Posey, he might – I don't know what to say. That's like said, you on the clutch card. I mean, that. Whew. Well, I just brought that conversation up. I'm sure it's something we talked about in the past, but oh yeah, we I, I stand by. The, I mean, I stand by the whole clutch thing. The clutch, It's just a silly. It's just a lazy way of saying, oh, that guy. I mean, th- these guys have been shooting basketballs for years. Or uh, this is here. Let me ask you this, Big T. Uh, you, you, you hit a screaming line drive. This is the bottom of the ninth. It's a tie game. You're down by one. Whatever bases loaded, two outs. You hit a screaming line drive to the first baseman, and he catches it. You're out. You're talking about a different sport. Are right? you clutch or you're not clutch? If you, hit a, if you hit a laser, then you were clutch. But that's what, baseball. We're not talking about baseball. What if you hit a blooper over the shortstop's head and it happens to drop in? Is that a clutch base hit? clutch because you made contact. That's if not. You're striking out, that's not clutch. <laughs> but the is clutch. The, the line drive is not clutch. It's oh, baseball. It's a whole different argument anyway. So it's clutch depends upon the sport. If Ori missed that shot, then he wouldn't be clutch. He's missed – I promise you, Robert Ory has missed shots with, like, the he clock. He missed him when the clutch because he, he hit, like, three or four buzzer beaters that were just massive. People only remember the makes. I guarantee you, I promise you, Michael Jordan missed shots when he was down one with, like, five seconds ago. He missed a shot. It happened. They just don't replay that over and over because that kills the narrative. Promise you it happened. Many times. <laughs> um, you're getting me all wired up here, T. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, poof. Uh, Woodruff against this watered down Houston lineup. I guess he's in play. Uh, Duffy against Detroit. There are some K's there against Detroit. Never feel good about Duffman. Uh, Mikolas pitching, you know, pitching against Miami. Miami's terrible. Uh, it's a run prevention perspective. Is Mikolas seriously going to be like 35% owned? Is that what he's projected at? Is he seen as like the SP2 today? He looks chalky on our uh, lineup HQ, man. 34% right now. Well, who are you going to play in SP2 if not Nicholas? Not well, I'd Nicholas say, if he's 35%, I'll tell you that much. I think I'll I might know that. I think I might know one of the names you're interested in. And if you throw it out to the chat, the chat's on your side for clutch because, you know. Uh, I mean, that's anyway. everyone in life is on my side for that because it's just not a good take on your They've team. been trained that clutch is a thing since they're oh. zero, so it's hard to convert them in, 12, in like, you know, two minutes. But uh, t- sell. Okay. This wasn't very clutch. <laughs> He wasn't dunking on people's heads. What was his dunk percentage? Uh, he I mean, made- in the fourth quarter, he was dunking on the sideline because he was standing on the corner the whole game because he didn't want the ball. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to be clutch standing in the corner. Oh, man. I don't know what's the worst take, that clutch is a thing or that Giannis is, like, bad. That's, that's, those are both uh... – I mean, he was standing in the corner with the game on the line. Uh, so- he was scared. He was terrified, like, to move. Come on, he's not scared. Because he didn't have uh, – let, let, let me guess. Is it because he didn't have playoff experience? That's my other favorite one. No, it's because he couldn't hit water from a boat with the basketball. What do you mean? He was making some threes for what it's worth. And, like, the difference between Giannis and Tedekupo's three-point percentage and, like, Joel Embiid, who nobody picks on, is not that different, just for what it's worth. But even Embiid, Jokic – I love Jokic. I know you love Jokic, too. Embiid is a center. Okay, but they're both Jokic big. is a center. You just compared two centers to him. That's Giannis my point. Center. Giannis plays five. I, I would like Giannis more if he just played inside. <laughs> you got to get John Henson some more minutes, I suppose. Why are we getting derailed? Sell me on your SP2 team. 
I mean, I'm trying to figure out how you thought I liked. I'm sitting here looking at it like you submitted it to D Train. We actually got a picture of this guy in like a you don't know. Oh what? yeah, no, come I on, you can't be serious. I'm is sure. it on the screen too? Well, once you say his name, like Devin's gonna be all over it, I imagine. This is more of a tournament play, though. I was trying to go with like the anchor plays here. First of all, like Dan, first of all, Daniel Norris at only five K on DK. Yeah, I think he's he's got a good umpire, Cooper. So, like, this is my point about Mikolas, though. He's going to be 35%, and Norris is projected 10%. Norris is over 2K cheaper. He's got a better ump, a higher K, a higher K prop, way lower owned. Like, I just couldn't imagine playing Mikolas over a guy like Norris. But my favorite play, for sure, is my Brace boy Tommy Malone. <laughs> Go ahead. Sell the people on Tommy Malone. This is I where just, I thought, like, somebody infiltrated your email or something like that. I'm like, Tommy Malone? So this guy, I mean, first of all, I, I got to give him our boy Dave Potts credit because I had one of my best baseball nights of the year playing him. It's probably why I like him. But there was one night, his first start, he's only had four starts, I think. But I had no idea who I was going to play. I couldn't like anyone. And I read his article, like I always do, because he's the man. And he was just talking up Tommy Malone. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? And sure, I played him because I always trust Dave Potts. He's the man. He's a Hall of Famer. And I watched the game, though, and this guy's throwing some nasty stuff. He had – where's it at? He had – of course, I can't find the strikeouts. Oh, he had seven – he had six strikeouts, seven strikeouts, six strikeouts, three straight games. He doesn't go deep in the game. So, I mean, he's not going to, like, go forever. But it's a – my favorite part is everyone's going to play Minnesota because they, they should. I mean, Minnesota's been awesome. Back to the leverage side, though, like, I don't like Minnesota as much. Sure, I love Nelly Cruz against lefties, but besides that, like, I don't – they got Crone and Sano way down. I don't know why they're – why is Crone way down there? Well, maybe it's because there's an opener that's a righty. I think I, – I was thinking the same thing. At that's true. See, that, see, that's a sharp take there. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll wander into one because I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, when are they going to bring Malone in? Of course, Malone's not going to face Cruz his first at bat. And I guess that's a slight argument for fading Cruz in tournaments. Also, because of ownership as well, which I guess we could talk about. Boom How long is it going to be before all teams start doing that? Okay, you're going to throw an opener. Well, we'll just reset our lineup and start it with the whoever. And then, like, you could play chicken in the egg game. Because, oh, wait, okay, that guy's going to start. Now that was reshuffle. How many times can you reshuffle your lineup until, like, the umpires say, that's it. This is your final lineup. Because yeah. I would counter as well, too. Uh, let's, they have a couple lefties at the top there to face uh, Batista, but Malone's going to be coming in probably around the second, somewhere at that point. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, why is Crone – also because Minnesota's lineup is stacked, right? Like, all those guys can hit. All those guys can rake. So, yeah. like, Sano batting eighth, Crone batting seventh. It's not that crazy. And Buxton's been incredible all year. Yeah, it's uh, – and we'll talk about Minnesota. They have a team total of six, by the way, again <laughs> – the Malone take, I, I, I love I, it. I feel great about he it. He throws guard. He's a soft tossing lefty. I love he's it. Like Thirty two years old. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, his his K's are up a little bit this year, but I'm not buying up a it. little bit. Like he's been nasty. It's like a twenty four percent or something. But he like hasn't that. gone. He doesn't go deep. Like he's been nasty. Look, he's seven six and six strikeouts, and he doesn't even get close to a hundred pitches. Like he, he's been nasty. I, I love it. Yeah, great. He's going Sierra on. suggests he's been lucky too for what it's worth. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope you stack Minnesota tonight. Why, everybody's stacking Minnesota, so I don't I necessarily. I hope you're one of them, so I can send you a tweet. 
I will have pieces for sure of Minnesota. Oh, you're going to go 10% on all these good guys? and then I'm not going to go 10%. <laughs> well, what percentage are we going to go so I know what percentage I can make fun of? I'll tell you my favorite random stack, actually. Okay, sure, I'll tell you now. Uh, the Cardinals. I know the ballpark stinks, but you're locked in for nine against Jordan Yamamoto, who's oh. just not good. He's not ready for the majors. Uh, if you're thinking, like, Jordan Yamamoto is the reason why the Marlins traded for a – Why is this dude like, so expensive, too? Is he decent? No, he's not good. He's, like, the 20th best prospect, and I use that term loosely, best end prospect in the Marlins organization. He was a part of the uh, the Kristen Yelich deal. He wasn't even good in the minors. Uh, I know the ballpark stinks and all that, but uh, – you realize I, the Cardinals haven't scored in, like, two months? I don't care. Are they going <laughs> to score tonight? <laughs> They're so bad. I, I'm definitely going to have a Cardinal stack. I, I don't know. Who knows what, you know, they haven't seen Yamamoto before. So maybe, you know, they're going to be thrown off this first time around or something like that. But they're thrown off if you were pitching. They can't hit. <laughs> well, I mean, Ozuna's got to get his revenge dong, if nothing else, right? And Matt Carpenter, speaking of cheese, you know, he's he's got to be Oliver Carpenter tonight. I, I mean, I, maybe he likes him. Uh, other SB2, and like, yeah, just because of the salary. And Casey's got kind of a watered down lineup, too. Uh, they got Gore in there who like, you know, if you could steal first base, he would be a hall of famer. That guy's got great wheels, but he's got no stick. And like a lot of the other Royals, like Gore and Hamilton are basically clones of each other. Uh, you know, that rest of that lineup is not, you know, I, I like Merrifield and Modesty and Solaire's got plenty of pop, but again, he's super, super cheap. Uh, has a super cheap shoe and he, he's got a nice career against Toronto for what it's worth. Some weird BVP. I know you're, I know that's stuff that you kind of dig into. What was the ones I saw? Like Chris, oh, Chris Davis didn't crack the lineup. So it's not even worth mentioning. He was like, oh, for 18 versus Edwin Jackson, by the way. Uh, Smokes is like 0 for 11 against him, with like 8 Ks as far as against Hess, but, you know, whatever. I don't care. Um, other pitchers that are, that are worth talking about, uh, I mean, Anderson just pissing in that ballpark. San Diego, there is some K upside against San Diego for what it's worth. Uh, I guess he's sort of in plays in the conversation of. Uh, I think Duffy versus Detroit, there's some Ks there, but that's why, you know, you say you're going to fade Verlander, especially in a two-pitcher site. You have to say, like, okay, who am I going to play now? And it gets ugly pretty fast, doesn't it? Well, part part of the biggest issue for me with fading him too is that we don't have the course field or the the bats I feel like I need. Like a bunch of these, even if you like Baltimore, a bunch of them are cheap. I mean, sure, there, there's a couple up top, but like there's just not guys I need to pay up for. So I don't know. Like I don't really see the advantage. And I like I like the cheap guys better than Verlander, to be honest. I almost wish like a great offensive spot like Coors or something was on the slate so I could just play two cheap guys and kind of fade Verlander. But I don't know if there's enough offense out there. I mean, Minnesota's got a team total of six against your boy. Yeah, I'm not. That's my team, too. I've been playing them all year, but I'm not tonight because they're going to get owned. Minnesota's legit, by the way. They're not frauds. I think, I think they're Even the games where they, like, look like they're struggling, they'll have an inning where they score, like, six and they still get there. I do want to say before we move on for pitchers, I think Mitch Keller is at least interesting or worth a head nod. He's probably more interesting, like looking forward, like towards Mitch next. Keller. Yeah, are you aware Mitch of Mitch Atlanta? Keller? Oh yeah, uh, he's a, he's a top twenty. You know, we talked about uh, the dude for the Marlins. You know, Yamamoto is a top twenty prospect in their system. Well, Mitch Keller is a top twenty prospect in baseball. Uh, Was he that a, dude that pitched against the Reds that time? It is that dude that pitched against the Reds that one time. They gave up six runs in the first inning, and he somehow salvaged. He ended up pitching four innings in total, still only gave up six runs. He got rocked in his first inning uh, ever pitching Major League Baseball. But he's, he still had seven Ks. His last time out in the minor leagues, he pitched five innings. He had 13 Ks. Now you're just getting me excited. See, I forgot about this guy. 
he's pitching against the Braves though. And like, I don't want to pick on the Braves and you want to talk about how the Cardinals aren't scoring. The Braves are scoring. They put up some runs and they don't strike out a ton. And there's a lot of professional hitters in that lineup. So it might be more of a, an MME play or more of just kind of keep your eye on this guy and wait for next time he comes out. But that guy was done. So I watched that whole start versus the Reds. He was nasty. Yes, he definitely has stuff and he got banged around and there was some bag up there too. I think uh, it was a really, really rough first inning. And I was, I was, it was nice to see they, they stuck with him and uh, you know, but he's, he's a uh, electric and again, top 20 prospect in all of baseball. And I'm sure they're going to trade him to the, the race for how about El Garcia in like a year or two or something <laughs> like that. But uh God, Pittsburgh, you're a terrible organization. Uh, it's got, I mean, watching Archer yesterday give up like four home runs consecutively, I was just like, ah, yeah, I can't help but think of that trade of Meadows. And, we were talking about that on the XM as it was happening. We couldn't I, – I just – that trade looks so bad now. But people even said it then. Like, it was the throwing of Meadows. Like, maybe heads up for the pitcher or pitcher or whatever. But it's like, why are you throwing Meadows in two? Uh, we don't have time for this nonsense to, to uh, summarize uh, your thoughts as far as pitchers in this slate. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered it pretty good. Like, I, if I'm going up top, I don't mind Verlander and Berrios. I like going that way. But I don't mind these cheap guys, too. Like, basically all the cheap guys I'm okay with tonight. I mean, now you talk me into Keller, so I got an, even another guy that I like. So, I don't know. Like, all these cheap guys, Duffy, Norris, even Sean Anderson for the Giants, you got – and then Keller. I'm not playing Mikolas, the, the one the one cheap – Chalk guy. I'm definitely not playing Mikolas. Well, I just want to say, I want to take a second. Andy Means is what he's watching the flagship. He never watches the flagship. Of course, because he's watching his two teammates. <laughs> yes. His, we, we're going to have good chemistry, the three of us, I imagine. But Means, of course, you know from crunch time during basketball season. We'll see him soon enough, obviously. But uh, yeah, he, I, he probably I, doesn't believe in clutch either. You know what? I'm curious to get, I, I respect his, uh, his take. I, I'll listen to see what he has to say. And you know, I'm, I'm sure he respect what he has to say until he says something different. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's answering a question from a half hour ago. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a hitter or two you're building around as far as your core hitters tonight. Uh, my, fr- my favorite hitter for sure is Jordan Alvarez from Houston. I mean, he's a beast. We were just talking about prospects. Two home runs his first two games. I think at least maybe he played another game, but. His price is still cheap, especially on FanDuel. And he's going to be low-owned, I think, versus Woodruff. No one's going to play Houston tonight. And I like those plays on these shorter slates. So I I love him tonight. And I kind of like my boy Freddie Galvis at the bottom of Toronto. So two kind of stranger plays. Like, no one's going to play Galvis, I don't think, today. And I don't think many are going to play Alvarez. So two kind of off-the-wall plays for me. Yeah, well, I mean, Alvarez, every Major League Baseball game he's played, he's banged out a homer, he's two for two. And, you know, as you mentioned the name Jordan Alvarez, I didn't see it, but I can imagine, I can almost guarantee that D-Train was all over it. He threw up the picture of Alvarez because, as for our previous conversation, that was one of the guys you were looking to build Did around. I do it today? Did I cover my role, sending my names in, getting it ready? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Man, I'm getting better. Taking the people behind the scenes, that's how it goes down. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Gal. Is Last that your time favorite? I said like Giannis and somebody, and it wasn't even a basketball show. <laughs> uh, is, and I don't think D-Train had a picture of Giannis on the ready, but uh, if he did, that would be super impressive. <laughs> it would surprise me if that went down. But why Why is Galvis the guy that kind of jumps out for the – I mean, obviously you're talking about ownership because I imagine Vladdy's going to be more popular. Uh, you know, uh, Rowdy Talese is pretty cheap. He's kind of buried to some degree. But, of course, Hess has been an absolute disaster basically against everybody outside of facing Toronto. He's actually been good against Toronto in a small sample size. Everybody else in baseball has just kind of pummeled him. 
Uh, you know, we're looking at a team total of five for that Toronto side. It's two teams that their offenses aren't very good, but they're facing weak pitchers. And that game obviously is going to like that game in Minnesota is basically the chalk as far as the hitters. What are you doing with that Toronto Baltimore game? Yeah, I mean, you have to like it. It's just a matter of how chalky you want to be. We always say it. Like, if you're playing in a massive field tournament and you think you're going to win a tournament playing all hitters from this game, I, I think you're going to be wrong. Like, it's – you can probably min-cash. I always use this as an example, but you're probably better off min-cashing, but you are probably have no chance at shipping a tournament with only a couple teams from this game. Whereas, say you play Houston or somebody tonight, like you full-stack Houston – if they go off in the Toronto game bust, you're going to have a chance to win a tournament. So, sure, it's not as likely, but, I, I mean, I'm fine with Toronto and Baltimore. It's just a matter of how chalky you want to be. Let's go around the horn to you. Give your favorite plays at each position. Let's start a catcher. What do you have for me? Yeah, catcher, just like always, I mean, it, it's been a struggle this year. Uh, besides, like, Gary, you got Garber tonight uh, against a lefty, but obviously I'm not going to use him. People probably will, though. He's expensive, man. I, that's that's my favorite though at catcher yeah. because because everyone just punts and takes a zero so if you get a bomb or two you got just massive leverage on the field playing that but I mean obviously I think the chalk will be Luke Melee just because of how pricey he is I mean he's only 2700 on DK he's cheap fantasy draft I'm sure he's cheap I mean you won't play him as much on FanDuel but I'm sure he's like 2k on FanDuel too by the way, just the Garver against the uh, is just against lefties or against righties because I don't know who this numbers are against Batista or against Malone. Oh, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's just this year, but uh, according to Plate IQ, Garver's got a 406 ISO in 78 plate appearances. Yeah, uh, that's Garver a, murders lefties. It's a ridiculous number. I'm not sure. I'm curious if that's against Malone or if that's that's against. I mean, you don't even need to know because he murders lefties. Like, so even if it is against righties, it doesn't matter. He murders lefties. Is that something you do in tournaments, by the way? Like you said, like you, just, like you deliberately overspend because you know it's a bad play. But it's like know. my favorite move. Like yeah. my favorite thing in baseball, not just catcher, any position. Like if you – it's always a really good hitter that's overpriced. And no one plays them. Like you're going to give me one of the best hitters, low-priced, unowned. I mean, sign me up every time. Yeah, I don't mind Yachty middle of the road. Uh, you Normally with the – you know, it's kind of a two-pronged deal with the catchers. You spend all the way up or you spend all the way down. But Yachty in the middle. Again, picking on Yamamoto, the ballpark's not great, but that's kind of baked into the price. He's pretty reasonable. Um, what about Severino coming off his nine-home run game that last week? I mean, he's facing he's facing Ejax and Law, but you know, I, how's that going down? One of those guys are DHing because Cisco's there too. I guess one of those guys are DHing. There's two catchers playing for Baltimore today. Yeah, uh, that just shows how deep that Baltimore <laughs> that Baltimore <laughs> bench is. Uh, and Chris Davis can't crack this lineup on the reg, but. Uh, that's a whole other conversation, I suppose. Uh, first base. There's two first basemen today playing for Toronto. You got Talese, who we talked about. He's kind of cheap. Uh, if you want to spend up in the same game, you got Boom Boom Man City and also Smoke Monster against Hess. Uh, those are some first, base, first basemen that kind of jump off the page. And, of course, C.J. Crone, maybe he gets lost a little bit in the shuffle because he's buried in the seven hole. But, you know, instead of banging out a homer in the first inning, he does it in the second inning. What's the difference? Uh, your thoughts at first base? I for me it starts with Freddie Freeman free money Freeman like I know you talked me into Keller I like Keller more than I did but Freddie Freeman is seeing the ball well right now he's the best at the position and he's super expensive though so if you're playing Verlander it's kind of tough kind of tough to spend up that high I mean 5600 on DK is super expensive but 
If not, I kind of like the two Houston guys. I mean, Tyler White is dirt cheap. He just hit a bomb. Guriel, I think he hit a bomb too, and he's dirt cheap. So I know I talked a little bit about Houston, but I kind of like I kind of like Houston a little bit tonight as a as my team. I think. Yeah, and I saw you. Uh, I took a peek as far as the expert survey, and I saw you liked Freeman uh, in cash games, and I, I took a little umbrage of that one. T, I, I disagree. We know, we know the world of a salary cap, and. I don't think that's the big spend. And again, that's me probably respecting Keller. Uh, Freeman's great. I think he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Obviously, he's awesome. But uh, Keller is also. I just. I, I just don't. He's a lot of swing and miss stuff there. Obviously, Freeman's never seen him before. Maybe he walks him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I love him for tournaments for sure. And who knows what what to expect out of Keller? But I think he's going to be mostly okay today. Uh, Goldie, again, I'll mention another Cardinal. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to have Goldie, that another another guy that hasn't got a hit in like two months. So what do you think? Is that small sample stuff? Is he all of a sudden stink? Baseball, like, baseball has always treated me good by not playing guys that are ice cold and playing guys that are hot. And I just won't change. Like, I just believe in it. If he starts killing the ball, I'll just start playing him. I don't have to be the first guy on board. Like, I'm not that. You don't know when he's going to – when the hot streaks are going to begin. I'll see it, though. Like, he'll have a good game, and I'll feel good about it, and I'll get back on well, sometimes when you see it, it's too late. Then everybody else sees One it. One game? Well, it depends when you determine all of a sudden. I'm not gonna, I'm, I use that Stanton example forever, but, like, people are playing him for, like, two straight months, and he just – I'm going to be the one that finds it when he, get, he reconnects, and, like, I just won't do it. I, I think Stanton's kind of an exception to the rule. I actually agree with you because I watched him uh, hit a ton, and, like, he's one of those guys when he's in that funk. Like, you could see at the, at the 0-1 when he swings that pitch that's, like, down and away – and he's, he chases, and he's, it's like, okay, he's bats like four feet off the ball. <laughs> like, he's one of those guys when you you hashtag watch the games. Like, you just yeah. know, like, he's already dead. It's a one. Like, he's just going to swing it. Goldie's kind of like that right now, though. Yeah, I mean, I still trust that he's going to bounce out of it. I trust the, the talent there. But I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, you got BGO leading off there for Toronto. Uh, you know, I don't know. Why, wait, why am, I, am I in second base? I jumped to second base already as far as my page. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, anybody else that's worth noting as far as first, or you want to jump to second? I, man, I, I really like those Houston guys. They're just uh, – first base is a struggle, though. I mean, obviously, I like Rowdy Tellez just because I like – I like uh, Galvis down there, too, so I kind of like the bottom of the Toronto lineup. But I don't know. I, I like these Houston guys a lot. Uh, second base, Keystone position, I feel like VR is going to be the chalk there. Is that good chalk or is that bad chalk? And who are the pivots? Yeah, he, he should be the chalk for sure. I don't – I don't like him as much. I mean, he's fine, especially. I mean, he, he dodges one one AB against the GOAT, Edwin Jackson. So, <laughs> that kind of hurts him a little bit. But I don't know. I don't think I need him. I don't I don't love Baltimore as much as, as other people do. I, sure, they could go off. But I don't know if I ever want to play Baltimore as chalk versus any pitcher. So, it's generally a bad idea. As for the DFS rules, when Baltimore is chalk, you're supposed to fade. It's like Robbie Ray when he's chalk, right? I could easily see them, like, scoring two runs tonight or something. I mean, they're just – it's Baltimore. Like, I don't want to play high on Baltimore. Ajax is so terrible. He's so He's toast. the worst I've ever seen, I think, honestly. Like, he grooves that ball. <laughs> but it's baseball. Like, it's still baseball. Good for him. Like, he's pitching in, like, his 15th season for his 15th team on his third or fourth conference. Did you see those quotes, too? Like, the, even the manager wasn't, like, backing him up. He's like, we just don't have anything else. <laughs> we just basically have to throw him out there. Uh, I mean, I know it's small sample stuff, but now I'm curious. I'm going to pull it up as far as this season. 19.2 innings, 
3.66 homers per nine, an ERA of 11.9. I swear I've watched every inning he's pitched, too, because one was at core. I, I've seen every – I think I've seen every inning he's pitched, and he is every bit as bad as the numbers. Like, he is awful. I should probably just play Baltimore and not overthink it because he's terrible. You'd think the youth movement in Toronto, they would be playing Edwin Jackson's kid. Uh, he'd be Play anybody. Right? Like, why are you playing him? You're going <laughs> to lose anyways if you play him. Put anyone out there. Put a shortstop out there. Do anything. Give me, give me other guys away from VR as far as second baseman. So, uh, somebody asked in the chat, and I guess it's a good time to talk about it. They want to know about the Arizona Diamondback uh, stack, and you got Cattell Marte leading off with Vargas Batten second, both second base eligible. Uh, thoughts on those guys? Thoughts on Arizona in general? Any other second baseman? I've been playing Arizona a bunch. I'm not going to have Arizona tonight, though. I kind of like Eflin a little bit. They got a pitching ump, I think, there. Yeah, they got a pitching, good pitching ump there. I just don't – I don't like Arizona tonight, so I'm not going to have much of them. And second base is kind of a struggle besides Biggio. I mean, Biggio and Villar, VR are going to be super chalky just because they should be. They're in the chalky game. It's a bad position, second base. I look up and down the list. I don't really – outside of – like in, in cash games, I think I just play Biggio and make it easy. But in tournaments, I kind of want to take stabs. Like, Albies is one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball. He's in the seven hole. He's going to be completely unowned. I love plays like that. Or like Kemp, if I'm on my Houston team, I don't mind playing him. Just take stabs on some some tournament guys at this position. Hot corner, third base? Yeah, th third base is a lot stronger i mean you got a lot of big plays and you got some value guys so you got like sano people are gonna like against a lefty marwin gonzalez is a guy i usually like but not as much tonight but he's a, he's super cheap vladdy is gonna be popular and then you got who you talked about travis shaw is like free everywhere <laughs> because he hasn't got a hit all season either so I mean, any of those guys are pretty good. Carpenter even was a guy you kind of talked about. I think for me, I don't hate playing Shaw, even though I just made fun of how terrible he is because he's just so cheap that it gives you so much more flexibility to play Verlander. Yeah, I mean, for me, Vladdy's the, uh, the cash game guy. If you can get the Vladdy, that, that's kind of the, the target. I like Carpenter for tournaments for sure. We kind of talked about You mentioned Sano. I think he's better relegated to tournaments just because he strikes out so much and he's kind of buried in the lineup batting eighth. Uh, but, you know, one, one, one swing in the back for Sano can actually justify that roster spot. And I do want to say, by the way, don't be afraid of those lefties on Minnesota either if you're stacking those Minnesota lefties for well, time alone throughout his career. Uh, you know, he's not a big overpowering guy. Like, you know, soft tossing lefty and – uh, as far as yielding homers, it's like 1.4-ish versus righties per nine and 1.3-ish versus lefties per nine. So don't be afraid of rostering Kepler or rostering uh, Rosario. I know people are like lefty and lefty. They may not even see that because Malone's not starting the game. but just wanted to throw that out there. Why would you want to pick on Tommy Malone? He's a disaster. <laughs> I, can't I can't wait to play him is the best part. I can't wait for your screenshot of your Tommy Malone team. If you, I mean, that'll be the – I'll take the L on that one. And I'll still say he's going to be in there. He's going to be on my main team. I promise. The most important question, though, is Tommy Lone clutch. Like, does he know? Like, oh, what he Ryan knows is? how good he is. <laughs> Shortstop, what do you have for me? <laughs> Shortstop, I talked about my, my main man, Freddie Galvis, one of my favorite plays of the night. I know he's in the eight hole, but again, I'm more of a tournament guy. I don't care where they're hitting in the lineup. If he's unowned, which he's going to be on a Toronto team, that might be the chalkiest of the night. 
I, I love everything about it. And at shortstop, I don't, I don't really want to play VR. I look at the rest of the position and I don't see anything that I have to have, which makes my Freddie Galvis guy even more perfect for what, for what I want tonight. Like everyone's going to play Polanco, VR, these type of guys. I'm going to play Freddie Galvis probably on every team. I love him tonight. We're going to do a screen share in a second. I want to take a peek as far as what's going down with the ownership. Of course, ownership's always being, you know, updated all the way up the lock. So it might not be perfect just yet, but I'm curious where those things are at. And we'll see if uh, the umpire data as well. Question in the chat, uh, do I have to pay, uh, do I have to pay Verlander in cash tonight uh, on DK? I say yes. Uh, I say in cash, you have to play Verlander. I mean, I hate telling people they have to do. Uh, that's what I would do. You agree? I just, yeah, in cash, I, I think. People overthink baseball cash too. Like, just play the the best pitcher always. You can always filter in a cheap SP two if you want. But there's so many cheap guys like Shaw and Cash is a decent. Even if you play Verlander, you just get so much flexibility by playing a cheap guy there and catcher. You can play a cheap guy, stuff like that. Like, you don't need the upside in cash. So take the floor. Yeah, and it's it, it depends on the slate, obviously. And like you know, he's he seems to be in his own personal tier. We talked yesterday, and we were saying you know, the bats are going to rule the slate. We're kind of saying basically, you know, step down. You don't have to spend up because there's no pitcher in a great spot necessarily. And, you know, it's all slate dependent. And I agree this slate. It's, I think you got to get Berlin there in cash. Of course, you can pivot in tournaments. Uh, give me some of your favorite outfielders as the chat starts loading up some questions. I mean, outfield is always the hardest position for me to talk about because there's just unlimited plays. It depends on the stack in baseball. So, Whoever you're wanting to play, obviously for me, I, I talked about kind of the Houston guys. So if you look at their lineup, you got in the one hole, you got Reddick, three hole Brantley, five hole, my favorite guy, Alvarez, to play camp in the outfield in the seven. Like those are the type of guys just because I like Houston. But if you like Minnesota, like you just said, Kepler and Rosario, just because they're against the lefty doesn't mean you can't play them. Nelson Cruz always murders lefties. And then, obviously, Toronto and Baltimore, you can play any of these guys. I mean, there's just – outfield, it just depends on the type of your build. I like Whit Merrifield a good bit, a good bit against Norris, too, for what it's worth. I want to throw it out there. If, as a one-off, if nothing else, uh, I know some people are playing some Norris tonight. That's more so because he's cheap, not because he's great necessarily. Uh, let's fire up the old screen share, too. Let's see what's going down as far as the lineup HQ. Let's see if things have changed. Hit the old refresh uh, let's see. Let's check out the pitchers as far as I know you're referencing some uh, umpire data. We haven't talked about that yet so much specifically, but I think there was a couple that popped. Yeah. So uh, not only is that Toronto Baltimore game popping because of the bad pitchers, but we have Hess and Ejax uh, pitching with an extreme hitters umpire uh, for what it's worth there. Duffy's got an extreme pitchers umpire Cooper behind the plate. And I think Duffy's looking like potentially my SV two to some degree. Uh, Eflin and Kelly also have an extreme pitchers umpire as well. And, I kind of focus on the extremes. Is that sort of where you're at as well, too? Obviously, you want to pitchers as opposed to hitters when you're rostering pitchers, but the extremes you pay you pay more attention to, I imagine. Yeah, I love looking at that. And I, to be honest, I kind of think I use it too much, more than I should. Like, I feel like I used to kind of make fun of this data more. And I don't know, like, I think I let it weight my mind too much. Like, if I really love a pitcher and then I see he's got an extreme – hitters up like I kind of get off him and then sometimes they'll still go I don't know I think I use it a little too much but yeah definitely the extremes like if it says neutral or pitcher or any of that like I don't really I don't really look at it unless it says extreme 
And also, I think it matters what kind of pitcher we're talking about. If it's like a nibbler, it's a guy that needs the corners, like that, that kind of stuff I sort of factor into. If it's like a, an E-Rod or something like that, a guy that can get wild or just fall off the rails, I prefer he has uh, a pitcher's umpire more so just the average pitcher. Uh, and, and as far as Verlander, you mentioned the K-prop, and this is the reason why you play him in cash games to build that quote-unquote floor. Uh, his K-prop is eight and a half, and that's three more Ks than everybody else. Uh, you just got to – I mean, you know, Ks are king. Even if he gives him a couple of runs or so, he can make up the difference – you know, just striking out the side, that's just something a guy like Nikolos, I guess he can do, but he's probably not going to do. His prop, like you said, is four and a half. Uh, the Marlins are just terrible, but they're going to hit the ball. They're going to make contact. And Nikolos can get How do you have a four and a half K prop? Like, so I'll use this as an example again. Like, just as far as how my baseball mind works. Like, I see this guy 35%. It says 28 now, but yeah. whatever it is, he's going to be chalky. He's got a four and a half K prop. And David Hess has a four and a half K prop <laughs> and he's 4.1 K on DK. I know we're making fun of him, but again, I'd rather play David Hess than Mikolas in baseball, just because Toronto, they can easily have a bad night. You already talked about Hess's own them. I just yeah. would rather play anyone than Mikolas's chalk. I, that's just how I, my mind works. Yeah. And the percentage zones that change to some degree, we're seeing Verlander at 32, Mikolas at 28. Obviously this is always fluid. Then Woodruff and then Duffy uh, and Barrios. And I think I'm just going to lock Verlander. I always end up doing this. You talked about how I always do it at the beginning of the show, but yeah. I always work myself into eventually locking in the top guy. I just can't help myself. Start loading up some questions in the chat. Going to step aside about seven or eight minutes or so, make way for crunch time. They take you guys all at the lock. Any sort of weather lurking out there, Roth will tell you what's going down. Uh, oh, so well, okay. This is probably an older question. St. Louis stack against Miami. I'm on board. Uh, I think they're really – you're not. <laughs> no, I mean, definitely not. I might play uh, Kamashido or whatever his name is. Who? <laughs> Whoever the pitcher is. What's the dude's name? Don't don't play the pitcher for the Marlins. He was a throw-in. Uh, I don't care who he was. He's he's projected decent. He's not. He's not. I mean, look, he, he's any pitcher, like we always thought, any pitcher can go out there. The and- Cardinals are terrible. Uh, Yamamoto probably shouldn't be pitching in the major leagues. He's only there because I think Caleb Smith in one of the DL or the IL. Um, he's he's not ready though. He's, he's stepping up from Double A, and he wasn't even that impressive in Double A. You're making me want to play him even more. The more you like sell it. I'm saying the exact opposite though. I'm saying I know, but you're making me want to play him because I know St. Louis <laughs> is terrible. Yamamoto, I got this on good authority. Not clutch. I know a guy. I know, I, I know a guy in the system. He's I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't even know if I should go down this alley, but how's it? How's his first name Jordan and his last name's Yamamoto? Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it, it's a cultural clash, I suppose. I'm not really sure what his backstory is, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, a St. Louis stack. I'm on board. You're not on it so much. Favorite SP one for for DK. I think we both agree it's Verlander. Yes, I mean I know that's a chalky answer, but that's the answer, right? Yeah, I mean, if say I'm playing ten teams, I'll probably have. Seven Verlander, three Barrios. At least that's my plan. And then kind of go cheaper for my SP2. But Verlander, I, I think is the he always plays good against good teams, I feel like, too. Obviously, that's again again, that's a field type type thing. I mean, I don't know if the stats back it up, but I feel like he always plays good against good teams. Uh Mikulos and Woodruff, how do you feel about that pairing? I mean, I already said Houston's like my favorite stack, and I made fun of Mikolas, so I'm going to say I don't like that pairing very much. The question's there. I'm just – I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm just here to read it. Those those might be my two least favorite pitchers, just according to the slate. 
Yeah, I mean, Mikola should be fine and kind of eke his way to like 15 points or so. But like the point you're making about him is like, what are the chances Mikolas breaks a slate and like wins a tournament? Like zero, basically. If he right? pitches great, he's going to get like 20 points. Like, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you would take 20, but I don't think he's never getting like 35. Uh, let's see. Uh, we, we have Mangone in the chat, freshly back from Vegas. But if, have you heard where Mangone was staying in Vegas, by the way? He went to Vegas for the very first time in his life. Very first time. I didn't know this was his friend. No, I, I seen him with one of my buddies from poker, and I didn't even know that – I didn't even know he knew him, that Eric Crane. I didn't even – not Eric. Eric Chan, I mean. But uh, Mangone – Where did he stay at? I didn't know this was his first Formerly known as Terribles, and it's not ironically named. He stayed at Silver 7, off the strip. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I mean, that's now embarrassing. This, I, I yelled at him. He like, just passed man. you for like the worst. I mean, I'm that like, I mean, let, me, let me open up a new sig here. <laughs> Silver sevens? I yelled at him for 10 like, minutes. Next to Binions? <laughs> no, it's not that. I thought it was downtown too. It's not. It's Silver sevens? <laughs> I think that's what oh, it's called. <laughs> I might have to sign out, Mango. And that's. But he saved, you don't understand. He saved the 100 bucks. <laughs> ridiculous i mean i've seen a picture like eating steaks and stuff i mean i i'm sure it was comped or something i mean this is it wasn't to my knowledge it wasn't comped he just I mean, this, is a, this is a deal breaker man going this is terrible egregious uh, we I, mean, should, I want to do a podcast just on him staying yeah i mean that. i'm in for that i mean print factory <laughs> just making fun of man going now like dean just body bagged you man going <laughs> you can't recover from this one he wants my 10% stack of the day. You said I didn't book the room. When you show up and it says Silver 7s, you go, you get right in the Uber, <laughs> right back to the strip and find the nearest place. It doesn't matter who booked the room. Put on your Sharpside app, uh, uh, hat for a second, and, uh, you know, put on your, uh, you know, Print Factory hat. Uh, tell me who you're parlaying tonight. Who's, who's going to win like Vegas? I can't even focus right now. You just you just broke the show talking about him staying at Silver 7s. You're staying at the Silver 7s, and you walk up to the terrible sports book of the oh. Silver 7s. I mean, was there, like, management in his shower or something when he got there, too? Like, I mean, what is – whoo. What he has water mean? pressure, he told me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so awful. Man, oh, going. He body bagged you. Whew. Who stays off the strip to save like twelve bucks? <laughs> to save in the, the and money. Then he Ubers into the strip to save five hundred bucks, and I'd make fun of him. Like, <laughs> you don't go to Vegas on your first trip and friggin' stay at the, the oh man, the flea bag motel or whatever you said. It was <laughs> uh, he didn't book the room. Like he's, it's like he had no say. He wasn't a hostage. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any the other one who booked it too. I bet that, we don't have any other questions. That, that cheap bastard. Well, come on, Mangone. <laughs> ah, I can't believe it. I, I'm offended, Mangone. He said he enjoyed his stay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> I mean, they probably had a lot of a lot of the, the ladies hanging around his hotel, so it might have. Who knows what what kind of shenanigans Mangone was up to? I don't really know. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the type of the type of people like the people on the strip that go. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> those guys. <laughs> uh, they handed one to my mom, and she was like, "What do I do?" With <laughs> yeah, the tap tap. You guys. Send them to the Silver Sevens is what you do. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, that's the show. Uh, there was no more questions. It wasn't like I was ignoring questions. Unless I missed one or two, I apologize. Somebody asked if I watched Deadwood. I did not watch. I've never seen Deadwood. I hear it's man. Go and watch Deadwood at Silver Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah once yeah, that was the old setup for that one um oh, give me give me 20 seconds on billions did you like billions oh 
Billions was so good that those last two episodes were just incredible. Somebody's asked talking about Danny McBride, the, the old Danny McBride gift, uh, the Kenny Powers gift. Are, are you aware that he's got a new show coming up on HBO where he's basically playing? I think he's like playing Kenny Powers, like an evangelist or something like that. I could post that that, that gift right now, and you asked me if I knew it was coming, I'd post it. We're excited, right? I'm, I'm looking forward oh, to it. He's my favorite. He's just so funny. He's good times for sure. That is the show. Uh, again, we weren't ignoring questions for some reason. People just wanted to make fun of Mangone for the last five or ten minutes or so or something like that. But uh, that's the show, T. Let's end strong. Let's end on a high note. What do you have for the people? Houston. Houston tonight. Oh, yeah. You didn't, we didn't, uh, I asked you the question. You didn't answer. If you're actually you distracted it, me talking about credit for parlays, what does that mean? You know what a parlay <laughs> For like the sharp side? Who's the. Yes. Yeah, if you're gonna, or if you're gonna do like a round robin or something like that, you like the old round robin. I'm a sucker for the round hey, robin. Let me look. I'll give winners for sure right now. Let me give let me, me some winners. I like Baltimore for sure. I like Houston for sure, and okay. I need one more for my parlay. Uh, I Minnesota. That's a lot, but that. I mean, the point. no, and Seattle plus two fourteen. No, no, no. That's a parlay killer, man. No, Seattle's going to win tonight. Uh, Seattle, you don't even need a parlay. Just bet Seattle on the money line, plus 214. Go collect your money. You meatloafed it, man. That's two out of three. It's not bad, but that's not good enough for a parlay. It's all. Yeah, that's going to pay good, too, when you got Seattle <laughs> plus 214, Houston minus 135, and Baltimore plus 100. Like, that's going to pay tasty, people. I want to talk about the guy that, like, has a $400 ticket on the Blues, and he either wins $100,000 tonight or $0 tonight. And I just he, he refuses to hedge. I want him to lose. I want him to learn a lesson for being stupid. But I'm also kind of rooting for St. Louis, I think. But we don't have time for these things. You know what I'm talking about or no? I mean, I've seen people talking about it, but it's I'm a too distracted from the Silver 7 still. <laughs> He's T. I'm Dean. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Holler.